Hello, everybody, and welcome to the triumphant return of Prospects After Dark. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese on uh, this Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, right? Who knows? So I'm off on Friday for uh, 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 Veterans Day, and I've got my week all messed up. But here we are on Wednesday, on November 8th. We are in the off-season mode. It's time to get fucking crazy, family. I'm on fire. I'm already goofily excited about this off-season. I'm excited to do Prospects After Dark with my family on triumphant return. And it's just really nice to be able to kind of get into it a little bit with you. Now, that's not to say that we don't have plenty to talk about. Uh, I would like for this to get crazy is what I would like. I want you in here and I want you in here passionate. I want you excited about the uh, what's going on this offseason with the St. Louis Cardinals. I want to know about your sex lives. Look, it's been a long time, almost a full year. Uh, I still please myself greatly as frequently as possible. Uh, Hopefully all of you are too. Hopefully people are pleasing you. And if not, uh, God bless you there too. Uh, What I really want is to just take a second. We're going to open up our our Montucky, our beautiful uh, uh, Montucky beer. We're going to open this motherfucker up. Boy, we're already in a cuss. We're getting into it, aren't we? And we're going to raise our glass to the pad people. And we're going to raise our glass to Cardinals Gifts. Gipsies, I love you. I miss you. It's so, so amazing to be uh, sharing this with you again. To all the pad people, to the Cardinals offseason, to Cardinals Gifts, uh, to uh, Tito, who had a baby, to little Leo's brother, um, uh, whose name I don't remember now. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so stupid. Here, I thought, you know what? You're going to remember. You're going to remember. And, of course, I didn't because I'm really stupid. And, you know, the other thing is we really need to make sure we cheers to Darth Eli, uh, Eli Rivera, uh, who nothing like welcoming someone into this world 48 hours later or whatever with a, a cheers of beers. Boy, I am ready to get into it. How delightful. Uh, so we're not going to do the Twitter thing. I'm not going to mess around with that. I don't even know how that works. But we have some important things to get to uh, uh, right away. NO5712 says, already waiting, inshallah. Awesome. Adam McBonnie, who uh, contributes over at Viva Alberto's, who does amazing stuff with prospects. Follow him. Read his work over at Viva Alberto's. He says, uh, Nolan, thanks for retweeting his stuff or liking my tweets. Uh, they're awesome people. We love them. Smitty says, Inshallah, don't let the Cubs get Otani. I love it. Uh, Caleb Noble says, Bold you to assume I can count to 37. None of us can. It was a joke. I thought that would buy me another 15 minutes. Uh, Jig says, He lives. I'm sort of alive. I'm closer to death than I've ever been. And not just because that's how time works, but because I live a dangerous and high stakes life of booze and meats. Uh, and cheeses and candy. Smitty says, yes, now we're talking. Uh, Dan Goki says, Kyle, if Tun gets traded, are you getting a back tattoo in memoriam? I already have the outline. Uh, my girlfriend paints it on so that it makes it easy for the tattoo artist. You know, Hamlin Carlson, yeah, it was hard enough with Jordan Hicks. Uh, I got a Prince Albert not of, in honor of Jordan Hicks uh, and the Hicks family, the, pro- the, the patron family of Prospects After Dark. So, yeah, I'm willing to uh, desecrate this flesh bag uh, as much as anyone else's. Feel free to come on over here and draw on me or paint on me. I'm your little whore boy. Uh, the Grave of Einstein says, hey, Kyle, I missed these pads. How's the prostate? You know, uh, I was up there roaming around a little bit before we went live. And I've got to say, while it's bulbous and inflamed, uh, it seems pleased with the work I've put in. 
Andy Heckross says, let's go. What's up, Andy Heckross? Oh, I got all my pad people in here. This is so damn exciting. Uh, Jimmy Ballgame 420 says, Kyle, pad, let's go. We got a lot of let's go. Uh, I- I'm so excited about this. Uh, hold on, gifts. Oh, God, he's so he makes me so happy. Um, keep going down. We have Benjamin Brittingham says, what's up from the Pacific Northwest to my Pacific Northwest people. So the other beer we have, again, because we're going to try to take it easy on the, the booze booze, is this, hold on, how do you get the light out? Uh, the left-hand candy cane nitro imperial peppermint milk stout. I haven't tried this yet. We're going to do this together. This is the Pacific Northwest, that's where my brother Michael resides. We love you. Oh, left-hand is such a good brewery, yo. Uh, I love it. That's pretty good. The peppermint's really light. It's definitely more uh, imperial milk stout than anything. Not bad. Brett Bertacci says pad time. That's right. Jig says we're going to see Kyle's trade package tonight. There's like a 93% chance. Again, I was I, I nailed the 81. That's a whole thing. We're not going to get into that. But there's like a 93% chance that at some point my loins will be exposed. Uh, I don't know what that means for YouTube. I don't know what that means for ratings. I would suspect that the people who are in here will not be in here. Uh, but yeah, like uh, here's to your loins, to my loins, to packages of all kinds. Here's to John Mazalek and the packages that he has. Gunner Matthew says, I used to pray for times like this. Yeah, look, this is really exciting. Uh, so I'm, I am cycling everybody. It gives me a chance to say hello to everybody. Uh, I'm cycling everybody's comments. This is why we like YouTube. We can put the comments up there. I think that gets people more involved. I love the fact that uh, I can say Gunner Matthews and everyone can see it. And then when you look at it, you can address the question. But, uh, you know, while we do our pleasantries, I know everybody's excited. I'm pretty excited, too, as Jordan Vass says we live, as the GOAT himself puts a GOAT up, a gift. I can't tell you enough, man. I've missed it. You and I haven't talked as much because life is life. Uh, no reason at all other than life is life. But, you know, you're the you're my driving force behind this. This will get us back uh, in in simpicado, in in uh, in that's insurrectionist. Holy cow, I almost said that. That's not what I mean. Uh, but that'll get us uh, fucking again. Number 57112 says, do the Cardinals sign their biggest free agent contract this offseason? Yes, there's no doubt about that. I don't know who it's going to be, but yeah, I do think. I, again, I, if that ends up being Gray or uh, uh, Nola or Yamamoto or Snell or whoever, but yeah, no, this, this is the year. They don't really have a way out of it. Uh, that's a great question, and I think that's really where all of our eyes are this offseason is who is it going to be? Uh, I Again, I personally believe that it, it'll trump, pardon me, Wilson Contreras is uh, contract that he signed last offseason, uh, the five years, 87.5. Uh, I do. I, I think we're they're going to have a $100 million contract. I just don't know which direction it's going to go. Again, I, I am more bullish than a lot of other Cardinal fans are. I do think that they're going to end up going hard after Nola. I do think they're going to end up going hard after Snell. I think they'll go outside of their comfort range, but probably not land Yamamoto. Uh, and you almost can't blame them between the posting fee and the amount that it's going to cost, you know. Uh, uh, but I, I do think, I think we're going to see really close to $100 million uh, uh, overall or together uh, when when we get to that point, uh, you know, when we're reevaluating come February and pitchers and catchers are reporting. Jordan Vass says, just back from Wisconsin, do I join you with a spotted cow or a moon man? Well, you know, I think the, the natural reaction is to say spotted cow, but I'm going to say moon man, go moon man. Uh, yeah, how about this? How about you do what I do? Get two of them. Get yourself two beers. Get a Montucky. Get a Candy Cane Nitro. Uh, get a Moon Man. Get a Spotted Cow, and get after it. To all the people drinking tonight, if you're drinking booze, if you're drinking water, if you're drinking coffee, I know Victoria's probably in here. Victoria's a loyal pad person. If you're drinking coffee, we raise our glass to you. Have a beverage. Enjoy. Kick back. Relax. 
have some fun. We're going to goof around. We're going to be serious. Uh, uh, we're going to we're gonna go over all of the emotions. I'll cry tonight. If you want me to cry, I'll cry tonight. I was So I'm not a crier. Beer first. I'm not a crier, but on my way to my girlfriend's house the other weekend, I was getting all teary-eyed listening to the Beatles uh, because it made me think of my brother Michael, who I love with all my heart and all the time we spent together uh, uh, growing up. And then oh, like three weeks ago, it was the same thing with Paul Simon. I've been kind of emotional. So let's get emotional, baby. Take off your shirts. Take off your pants. Cry for me and have a drink. Big old buck says, my Lord, I never knew I could get this hot sex in such HD greatness. Uh, it's funny because the thing keeps telling me that it's not working right. And it's got me worried that I just keep dropping out. But hey, what can you do? Uh, nothing better than uh, some HD uh, sex. Um, eventually, we'll be able to do this in uh, um, beautiful um, uh, virtual reality. And then you can pleasure me while I pleasure you virtually. Mr. Reese, would you spend $500 to know Otani's masturbation schedule and kinks? Fucking right, I would. Okay, so uh, I've had, you know, I had to spend $500 on a deductible because somebody broke into my car. Uh, personal property taxes, 500 bucks. It's like $500 is the recurring theme for me and my expenditures for like the last uh, the last couple of weeks. So yes, I would, I would spend $500 to know how often he jerks it and an additional $500 to know what his kinks are, Connor. That is a great question. And you know what? If he's not into kinks, I want my money back. I want to know. I, like, it doesn't have to be something weird. But yeah, if he's into like, I don't know, uh, rubbing thighs with butter, then God bless him. I have to know. I absolutely have to know. If he's into massaging flour, not like flowers from a beautiful garden, uh, like flour into the, the stomach area of whatever he's into, I got to know these things. And even if he's just into like, banging that's kind of cool uh to each their own uh i'm into that too so hey but um yeah i'd, I'd love to know 500 would be a, a very reasonable price in my book jordan hilton says do you think newt ba gave yamamoto a little kiss on the cheek oh i bet he kissed him on the mouth i guarantee it, it was so i mean if i'm gonna kiss a man i'm gonna kiss gifts right who isn't a brother i'm gonna kiss my brothers too because i kiss my brothers i love my brothers my brothers kiss like you know like brothers do uh, and I bet Newt kissed Yamamoto like that. I, I would hope so. That's how you express to your family that you love them. Tito says, thanks, Kyle. My sex life is great. Hey, to Tito and his sex life again. Uh, uh, to uh, Leo, to Eli. I love both of those names, by the way. My girlfriend's son's name is Leo. He means everything to me. So to uh, uh, the the whole Rivera family, uh, just terrific. Again, I'm going to do another another little thingy. I'm going to be out of beer in 15 minutes and we're going to be on the hard stuff. I know it. Oh, Tony Forcelito says Christmas came early. It seems let's pad Tony Forcelito. That beard looks awesome, man. I love that. And thank you. Yeah. Let's pad baby. Let's pad. Kyle Eaton says the man, the myth, the legend, our little whore boy, Kyle. That's right. Oh, what a great episode. Gifts. Go ahead and put this. Uh, the name of this episode is the man, the myth, the legend, our little whore boy. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. Kyle Eaton to you. You get some booze. snips 127 says kyle my wife left me what should i do you should do nothing look the greatest thing that could ever happen is that you're single now i yeah no i'm joking uh what you do is you go you cry and you cry for days you cry until you can't cry anymore and then you know obviously i have a thing about bodily fluids we've already addressed it pretty pretty frequently in these 10 minutes that we've been on the air uh get all of those out uh sweat 
tears. Don't like bloodlet. We don't want that. That's called dying. We don't want you to die. None of that. Uh, but uh, all kidding aside, like my, if this is a real thing, which it shouldn't be, uh, first off, you're better off. I don't know who that whore is, but you're better off. Uh, and also, God bless her for being a whore. Uh, but uh, really, just find things at your own pace. Don't push anything. You know, you don't you don't want to get caught trying to make something more than what it is. You don't want to get out there and dating, get out dating if you don't want to. Take some time to discover you. Play some video games. Jerk off. Watch pornography. Watch old baseball games. You can MILB, MILB TV is cheap. You can watch a bunch of old games. Uh, spend some time finding out who you are. Just uh, don't make catastrophic decisions. Or do. Who cares, really? You do whatever the fuck you want. Cards. Cards Cookie says, hello, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Cards Cookie. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. It's great to have you in here. Aaron Johnson says, Pat, I love this. Look at all these familiar Pad people we haven't had time to really get into. Uh, Aaron Johnson also asks, should the Cardinals place a JC at AAA next year and try the whole DeYoung thing with him? Yeah, look, uh, so that that's kind of been one of the, the horses that I've been riding since the Cardinals acquired Thomas to JC. I think that, uh, and again, I don't know if he has necessarily the exact same athleticism. They're kind of similar players. His footwork is a little choppy, and that kind of gets him in trouble. Maybe those are the concerns. He doesn't have, like, the strong-ass arm. He's got a decent arm, a good arm. It's not strong. It's not amazing. Uh, but, yeah, look, it, the, the Cardinals, and we know this, the Cardinals have done really well making players like Donovan and Edmund and, you know, uh, other players, utility players. And I think that that's the best thing for Sejaci. I think it's the best thing for the Cardinals. And I also think having backup at shortstop is really important too. Uh, I'm in this spot right now where we're talking about the Cardinals roster where I trust and believe in Mason Wynn. I think you put him at the back of the lineup. You let him play short every day. You're good. But then after that, the question is, what do you have? That's why Tommy Edmond is really important. You know, uh, granted, he he has concerns hitting the hitting left-handed. You know, like real concerns. And he probably shouldn't. And his contact isn't great. But you know what? He's a sure fielder no matter where he plays. And he can play shortstop, even with that weak arm. And the Cardinals don't really have a whole lot of shortstop depth. I mean, if Mason wins, say you trade Tommy Edmond. If Mason Wynn gets hurt three weeks into the season, you have Jose Fermin. Uh, yeah, so I do think, I, you know, I think Thomas Sejaci is incredibly important that, it's, that he gets time. And every day time at shortstop, if he feels comfortable, if it's an assignment that he wants to take uh, entering the 2024 AAA season. God, I love this. I fucking love doing this, man. Let's go. Jake Ryan, does TE having his baby in the offseason speak further into the intangibles he has? Yeah, you know, if you can look, if you can impregnate your your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, or, or goat um, or sheep, because, I mean, sheep, you know, everybody loves a good sheep, um, then that tells us that and you you plan it so that it's the offseason yeah you're doing it right uh, team first team first mentality with tommy Edmond. that's why we love him he's scrappy even with his uh wife in bed caleb noble says andre's granillo going to be a factor in the 24 bullpen yeah look i think that best case scenario andre granillo who's pitching really well in the arizona fall league again i, I want to caution everybody that the arizona fall league stats don't really matter at all pitching hitting and it really does not matter in any capacity um, it's cool that they're there. It's exciting. It's more baseball, but it doesn't really matter. Don't, don't get caught up in that, the finishing school for prospects. I think what it does for prospects is it gives them a chance to play with other prospects who teams value and also get into the day-to-day -day grind and also be exposed to other teams, other organizations, uh, other than just the Cardinal, the Cardinals or the Mets or the Yankees or the Indian or uh, guardians. I mean, like, uh, it's, 
it, it allows them, that's how it's like finishing school is it gets them outside of the organizational comfort zone, which is important in a player's growth, but uh, it doesn't really matter. But that's not the takeaway from Andre Granillo, who is a very interesting relief pitcher with some slider change up fastball tendencies that I do believe if everything goes well, if he stays healthy, we'll have a make a major league debut in 2024. You know, last year I was really aggressive with Andrew Marrero, uh, putting him on the dirty, uh, the dirty, whatever I did. And he was like a top 11 prospect because of his slider. And I had Granillo further back and Granillo definitely took more steps forward than Marrero did. And it's because Granillo is a better pitcher. He's a more polished pitcher, a better command, but there's still some command issues there. He's still working on his changeup. If he can be a three pitch relief pitcher with a fastball uh, and a changeup that is taking some strides in the slider, then yes, he will 100% not only be uh, a contributor in the bull, but not only make his debut in the bullpen in 2024, but also be a contributor. Um, With that, just being a slider fastball, there's still some more questions, but uh, yeah, I, I do think we see him. I think that all I, look, the Cardinals are in a position where they have to spend money on starters. They have to bring in relievers and they have to rely on the relievers that they have. You know, um, I understand that like Jake Walsh, they weren't the biggest believer in for whatever reason, but they never really used him. They never really gave a chance. You know, Cody Whitley was up and down and it was weird with him. They never really gave him a chance. Uh, uh, and when they did, he didn't really take advantage of it, but they need to be more aggressive with these guys and they're bringing in guys, you know, uh, uh, as of, as the day we're doing this, Wilking Rodriguez is still part of the organization. Guillermo Zuniga is still a part of the organization. Uh, O'Brien, who they brought in, uh, uh, this, these last couple of days, he's going to make an impact at some point. You know, I don't know what Ryan Loudis is going to be. Um, but I do think that uh, these guys, all of these guys that we're talking about that are at AA and AAA that make an impact. I mean, even Edwin Nunez, if they decide to keep Edwin Nunez at the bullpen, I do think there's a real chance that Edwin Nunez uh, uh, might find his way into a major league debut in 2024. John Gibson says, remember a little known prospect called Jag? Yeah, also, let's let's go ahead and raise our glass to Jag. You know, uh, making having his Randy Arena moments this postseason. I know people like I'm not going to debate the merits of releasing or uh, trading Jose Adolis, Adolis Garcia. I'm just going to say I think it's awesome to watch him have success. Um, we'll get to the next point in a second. To Jag and Randy and Lane Thomas and all those guys. Um, I, I think the lesson to take from this is and hopefully the lesson that the Cardinals have learned from this and again, we don't know what the what other teams value Jag as before he made his major league debut. Uh, you know, same thing with Randy or Rosarena. We can only speculate on this stuff. But the lesson you hope that the Cardinals have learned from this is that they need to be a little bit more deliberate in understanding their actions with a prospect's development, right? Because the issue was Jag and Randy both had very little exposure at the major league level, did very little with what they had. And then because the Cardinals had perceived outfield depth, they were able to chain, trade those players, uh, uh, and they didn't think that the opportunity would be there for those players. Well, instead of getting to that point, uh, maybe maybe the year before you trade those players, maybe they have a little bit more value. But I, all that's just to say that hopefully what the Cardinals have learned from the Jag and Randy situation is to be a little bit more projecting with what they have, a little bit more deliberate in the decisions they make with the, the prospect capital they have, and not let it get to a point where, uh, you know, 2019 happens, Jose Adolis Garcia loses value because he's terrible at AAA, where he probably had a little bit more value the year before. But again, that's splitting hairs, and it's a lot of it's a lot of speculating on what a player's value is. 
Travis White, our good friend Travis White, says, I got a vasectomy and then ran into my doctor a week later at my work. Somehow it was more awkward for him because I told my coworkers he's the one who snipped my stuff. I love that you did that. Look, uh, you have to recognize game when you see it. And if the gentleman comes into your uh, your work and uh, what you do is you pump him up, you let everybody else at the office know that this guy's willing to snip what you got and, and probably save you a headache down the road. Uh, so, yeah, God bless you for it. Uh, and the next time you see him, just say, hey, look, I I, I want to know what kind of business I'm bringing in for you. Uh, Stu Styles, what's up, Stu? Our boy, Stu. Stu, you get the Montucky treatment. I know that you like, I know that you're like, you're a Montucky kind of guy. Uh, you're, you're my people is what I'm getting at. Stu Styles, ready for the Andre Granillo 2024 season. Yeah, the, look, I won one of these bullpen. Hold on. I want one of these bullpen pieces that I think the Cardinals did really well drafting and signing as undrafted free agents. I want one of them to pan out, and I want one of them to have a major league impact. <coughs> Pardon me. I would like for that to be Andre Ganrio. Jeff Niehaus says, pad, wee 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 Jeff Niehaus is awesome. One of my favorite people. Jeff, did you get an advent calendar yet? Answer my damn question. Ron Nuttall. Hey, Ron, man, I feel like I haven't... Because of the Twitter thing and not doing Pat, I feel like I haven't seen you or heard from you in forever, man. I hope your kids are doing great. I hope you're doing well. Ron says, Council joins a long list of managers will hate and Cubs fans and Cubs fans will eventually hate. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts with Council. Look, uh, rosters win championships. Coaching staffs help win championships. And uh, I, I think that I think all managers are bad They're just by nature. Look, when you are reliant on other people to perform for you, you're kind of in a bad position. Your job is to get the most out of them you can. Council has been incredible with the Brewers. Uh, his teams have done really well, probably outperformed, uh, just like, you know, maybe some of Mike Schilt's teams have. Uh, and, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. But I think that Ron sums it up perfectly. Council, Craig Council, joins a long list of managers that the Cardinal fans will hate and Cubs fans will eventually hate. And I'd be willing to bet that it doesn't take that long for uh for the Cubs fans to hate him too. Big old Buck says, give me Snell. Thanks. Big old Buck, man. It is great to have you in here. He says, give me Snell. Thanks. You know, I don't the, there's this thing about Blake Snell that I don't understand at all. And it's him. I don't understand the picture he is. I feel like he's the kind of guy that people who don't watch him on a regular basis don't know him or don't understand him, but I'm also projecting my own understanding of my understanding of him. So keep that in mind, whatever that means. I, if you say understanding enough, people are like, that fucking guy is thinking. Uh, I'm not thinking. I am acting completely on impulse. But uh, when I think about Blake Snell and my understanding of Blake Snell, I, I don't get him. I, I think my uh, in our pad chat, Adam Butler mentioned that there was a changeup issue where Snell dicks around with the changeup and a feel for a changeup and the the the, uh, the grip of a changeup. And it seems like every time he does that, it, it kind of hurts him. Uh, and when he kind of gets away from that, it's when he's Cy Young capable. Uh, so none of that, please, unless he's figured out the right changeup for him. None of that, please. But yes, look, I, I like Blake Snell. Uh, I think he's a fascinating guy. He seems a little goofy. Um, uh, but yeah, look, I, I, I'm down for whatever. Again, uh, to take a step back and kind of before we get into the names and the people and the contracts, I want to give my outlook on the Cardinals offseason. The Cardinals were fucking terrible in 2023. I'm going to take the glasses off. We'll do some squinting, too, for old time's sake. The Cardinals were fucking terrible in 2023. The pitching was bad. Starting. Relieving, both fucking bad. The defense was fucking bad. The offense, you know what? Honestly, pretty fucking good until August when they traded off and Edmund or uh, Donovan when it was done and uh, O'Neill was playing every third day or whatever because of his fucking knees or whatever. Like uh, the offense was actually pretty good, uh, but inconsistent. So for me, 
when I look at the Cardinals and their shitty, you know, Adam Wainwright, God bless him. Uh, but the, one of the, the quintessential Cardinal for me as a Cardinal fan, grow, born in 86, uh, growing up through the 90s and 2000s and the, the, the teens or whatever, the quintessential St. Louis Cardinal, even more so than Yadier Molina. Uh, God bless him. But he was fucking terrible. He was as bad of a starter as a starter could possibly be in the innings that he got. You know who else was really terrible? Jack Flaherty. Fucking terrible. Jordan Montgomery, pretty fucking good. So uh, the way that I, you know, Stephen Matz, Zach Thompson, it's fine. Miles Michaelis, kind of bad. But you know what? If you look at that, when games kind of mattered, even that last game, he stepped up. So that's three, four Miles Michaelis. That's fine. Uh, the the Matz Thompson combo is fine. It's not going to take the Cardinals a lot to upgrade their pitching staff. You just have to get people that are going to be around, that have a little bit of a track record. So I don't think, like, look, if the Cardinals want to compete for a World Series, yeah, go sign Yamamoto and Snell and Nola. Boom. That, and you know what? As a Cardinal fan, I should be pushing for that. I should be yelling for that. And you know what? We probably all should be. Uh, uh, truth be told, uh, but we've also, for me, you guys keep doing whatever you want. But for me, it's important for me to try to be as realistic. And while I don't think that Gray is a number one or a long-term number two, I also don't, I'm not sure if any of these guys, except for maybe Snell and Glasnow, and I am pro-Glasnow. I am all in on fucking Glasnow, depending on the asking price. I've got a feeling that asking price is only going to go up and up and up and up and up and up and up uh, from a prospect capital standpoint. We'll see how that goes. But all of that is just to say that, like, I want the Cardinals to be smart in what they do because they need so much. Uh, not only that, they need, we've been so focused on Yadier Molina and the coaching staff and and uh, helping Wilson Contreras, like, sure, whatever, but they need to get their defense, their defensive lineman, and their de defensive alignment and their defense sorted the fuck out, or else they're going nowhere. They're going nowhere fast. It doesn't matter who the pitchers are. The outfield defense was atrocious last year. You know, Jordan Walker got better in the second half the last couple of months of the season, but he was still bad then. You know, OAA said he had a couple uh, on the positive side, but you could watch it. He was still di diving around wrong, and it didn't look great, but he was making progress. Keep that progress up. You know, new bar is fine. Edmund was great in center, but th they need to shore up their defense. And it doesn't really matter what pitchers they have. You know, it's not going to help Snell or Nola or Yamamoto or anybody if they keep pitching, if they keep playing defense like shit. So every aspect of what they do needs to get better. It's part of the reason why I think that they shouldn't trade anybody because that would cripple the offense. Spend the money. That's where I'm at. And as we keep moving on and as we keep talking about Blake Snell, I will say, yes, give me each and every and any one of them. You know, give me Snell, Yamamoto, Cease, Gilbert, Wu, uh, uh, Nick Martinez, uh, Seth Lugo, Maeda, uh, Yariel Rodriguez. Give me all of these guys. I'm a happy boy. I don't even care. Hello, Ron. How are you? A uh, Shep 3 says, Trey Goldschmidt, Nicholas, and their contracts sign Otani, Yamamoto, and Nola. So the only thing there, and I, look, I get what you're saying. You're wrong, but I get what you're saying. And the only reason you're wrong is that it isn't as easy as it sounds. Look, uh, again, we can log on to MLB The Show. We can say Goldschmidt traded, Michaelis traded. But these things take time. I would imagine by the time you could get a Goldschmidt deal uh, taken care of at the, the height of value for Goldschmidt to get the most out of Goldschmidt, that Otani's off the market. And also, Otani just had his second surgery on his UCL. And that bidding war is going to go through the fucking roof. 
if it's going to be 300 million for your DH outfielder, first baseman, whatever, then yeah, go all in on to, on Otani. But I'm going to tell you right now, that is a contract that I would stay the fuck away from because you're paying for pitching potential for a guy who just had his second UCL surgery. Um, but yeah, all I'm saying is that there's a timing thing there, a maximizing value thing there. You're not going to be able to dump Michaelis' salary. And even then at that point, it's stupid because you're going to need those innings that Michaelis eats, uh, even if they aren't always the best. Um, but look, yeah, look, uh, the right away you can clear about ten million dollars doing not bringing Hudson back and trading O'Neill as soon as possible, or or not bringing O'Neill back. Uh, ten million dollars goes a long way in securing some pitching. But I like where your head's at, Chef Three. Just you're a little off because of MLB the show. Big old Buck says, and I'm not just saying that because he's a friend. Oh hey, Big old Buck is a friend of Snell. Is that a gaming thing, Big old Buck? Uh, the Grave of Einstein says, all right, Kyle, I gotta ask. What everyone is thinking, how do you feel about Travis Honeyman? I want to love him on name alone, and I've heard mixed reviews. So, uh, you know, Travis Honeyman it was kind of a late surger into the uh, uh, the draft picture, right? Um, specifically because of his work in uh, the Cape Cod League. And he was hurt, and I've been getting mixed reports about his injuries and how healthy he is, how ready he's going to be for the 2024 season. But look. His hitting profile is undeniable. It's a, it was a great expenditure of the second pick in the draft. And again, if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. It's just like uh, 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 it's just like Austin Davis. Like if he doesn't pan out, or Chase Davis, Austin Davis. That's I see. I, there's a tweet. Somebody go. Somebody go dig up the tweet. I knew that I would say Austin Davis. I fucking knew it because of the fucking Rams. Those motherfuckers. Um, but no, Chase Davis, like if it doesn't pan out, oh, well, it was still a great expenditure of a first pick, a first round pick. It's terrible, but that's how the MLB draft is. It's a whole fickle bitch and you just got to get over it. But uh, look, uh, I, I think that if he's healthy, the strides he made towards the end of his playing time in college uh, will be trends that we will be happy with. But it just depends on his health. Uh, I've heard that he's had a bunch of nagging stuff over the years. And there we are. Uh, hard. Uh, hard to get around that. Aaron Johnson says, please gush about Victor Scott too. I've been calling him Vic too. Um, Victor Scott, the second is an incredibly fun player to watch. You know, he's just as fun to watch play as, as Mason Wynn is he's electric. He is sure out in the outfield. You know, sometimes he overruns baseballs very infrequently, but sometimes he's so fast. He overruns baseballs, gets him into trouble a little bit. He has a solid arm out in the outfield. He has speed for days. His bat, his bat is quick and compact and easy and simple and it has surprising power and he makes good swing decisions uh, i personally would like for the cardinals to treat him uh with kid gloves uh, i think that the long-term sustainability and health of the organization would do well to not even think about victor scott the second as a contributor in 2024 focus on 2025 let him get comfortable uh even if he starts raking at at triple a unless the outfield needs someone and they're winning uh then just let him have a whole season at AAA. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Um, but I think that uh, I, I think that he's incredible. And I think he has a chance to be Harrison Bader, but with more speed. And I know that that's not necessarily the sexiest thing. And Cardinals fans were kind of uh, um, uh, divided on Harrison Bader, myself included. But I think if Harrison Bader could steal 50 bases a season and lay down a bunt and get a bunt singles, I almost like it is second nature and I'm not even a bunt guy, but I think, I think his bunt, his ability to bunt to get on base is an intangible that no one's really talking about. Uh, our good friend, Jeff Ponce 
uh, over at Baseball America. He's one who has, who has highlighted it. But that's a whole different thing. And once he gets on the bases, he wreaks havoc. So I think that you're talking, and everybody wants to throw a comp out for for Vic too, uh, Vic the second. But for me, like let's let's keep it where we have it. Let's keep it with the Cardinals. Imagine if Harrison Bader, that short type of defense, uh, the Gold Glove caliber outfield, center field, center field general, uh, power similar in my opinion. I, I don't know if Vic's going to get into his power. I think it might take Vic some time to get into his power. Uh, regardless, but who has an intangible that not a whole lot of other people have. Uh, he's He has a potential to be something that is throwback in nature and exciting in every generation. Eric Garfield says, hi, Kyle. Reported for porn before you actually got naked. Uh, what are friends for? Thank you, Eric Garfield. Let the world know that we're going to show this thing off. Oh, Mel Heisler says, howdy, y'all. Hello, Mel. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. I assume you have joined into a sexy segment. Uh, everything's a sexy segment on Prospects After Dark. The good thing about being as ugly and as torturous to look at as I am is all you really have is sex. Uh, it's it, Life is sex because you don't really get a lot of it uh, because you're pathetic. And that's where my life is, and that's where we are. So every conversation is a sex conversation because there is no such thing as sex in your life. Uh, Travis White says, I sat behind a stripper at a Rays Mets game 11 years ago, and she talked about Lucas Duda's sexual proclivities. Travis White, we're going to need to know everything that you can tell us. But, uh, you know, I was always under the impression that Lucas Duda was probably pretty well endowed. I always appreciated the game of Lucas Duda. Uh, I, I don't know about his, like, his ability to keep it going. Uh, I would never speculate on that uh, as someone who comes very quickly. Uh, but I would think that Lucas Duda would have, there's plenty of great stories to tell about Lucas Duda's sexual proclivities. Let me know if he's ha if he has any kinks. I would love to know. This makes me happy. Our good friend Kareem. Now, again, this was about 20 minutes ago. I'm a little behind, 23 minutes ago. We get to every question that we can. Uh, but Kareem, our good friend Kareem, writes for Prospects Live, uh, says, how's it going, Kyle? Kareem, it is a pleasure to have you in here. I'm going to use you as an excuse to drink a little bit of water. I'm going to say, Kareem, I hope school is going well for you. I, I miss seeing you on a regular basis on the timeline. Uh, and uh, But I, I just I wish the best for you. I hope everything's going well. And I'm honored that you're in here. Thanks for taking some time from your busy schedule to be in here. Connor says, let's go, Tito. Yeah, to sex. Uh, Aaron Johnson says, have you caught any herpes uh, action from Arizona? Thoughts? Well, you know, I haven't watched like much up close, right? I've watched a little bit on the feed when he's been on the feed. I think he's only been on the feed once. And then in the uh, the all-star game, he looked fucking good. Yeah, you know, look, uh, there's always going to be a command issue there, but he can be spectacular. I love Cooper Jerpy. I, I, I just love him. I, I love watching him. I think he's fascinating to watch. I think he's exciting to watch even when he doesn't have his command. I, I think... I think he's going to be a major league contributor as long as he stays healthy. Now, I know one of the things that people have talked about with Cooper Jerpy uh, in, in Arizona is, well, he's only pitched in relief um, and also short stints. I just remind everybody that Cooper Jerpy had uh, bodies removed from his elbow, um, you know, a couple months ago, and they're just taking it easy. We should consider ourselves lucky he's even on the mound, really, uh, because the Cardinals, under most circumstances, would probably bench the guy. Tom Cook! Kyle, which of the free agents out there would you say are the most kissable? Great question, Tom. Great question, Tom. Uh, I believe Tom Cook, and I'm not 100% sure, Tom. I don't know why I'm blanking on your last name. Uh, you are from the uh, the worst fans in baseball podcast, our good friend Tom. Uh, I love you. And whose face is most kissable of the free agents? Yours is, Tom. Yours is the most kissable. I would kiss all over you. 
and over and over again. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't find Nola particularly kissable or gray. You know, uh, I think that the black players are more kissable. Um, the foreign players are more kissable. I don't find white people attractive anymore. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, anyways, moving on to Kyle Eden. Are there any prospects that you are hoping get a chance to showcase themselves at the major league level this season? Yeah, yeah. In 2024, I want, uh, you know, so we'll see what kind of leaps guys make. Like Sam Robersa. I don't know about that. I'd, I'd like to see Kloppenstein because I don't know what the fuck to make out of him. Uh, I don't really care about Michael McGreevy as much as I want to or don't want to. I don't really know. Hopefully McGreevy takes huge steps and the fastball sinker slider, little curve, maybe some change becomes a good enough repertoire for him to make a major league debut. If he, if he pushes it and pushes himself into a major league debut, he's going to be a fun pitcher to watch. He's not there. Uh, my, my, my big one is Gordon Graceppo, right? Like I want to see Gordon take those steps stay healthy, and and make a contribution to the Cardinals 2024 team. But other than that, I am solely focused on what the Cardinals have uh, as major league producers position player-wise without trading any of them and what they bring in on the, uh, the free agent market for starting pitchers. Uh, I mentioned it in a tweet. If I'm running the Cardinals, I am operating uh, this offseason like I do not have a farm system because, first off, I'm going after free agents. I'm spending every dollar I have for free agents. And then I'll go to the farm system, but not to supplement the major league roster to trade for what I need. Of course, you're going to be doing these things at the same time. Uh, uh, but that's just where my offseason would be. I think trading from the major league roster is stupid unless you're trading. And again, I love Dylan Carlson. This is not a shot at Dylan Carlson. I think the best thing for Carlson is for him to get out of this fucking organization, get a real shot somewhere, get healthy, get a real shot, get a different, a different change, uh, just get a change of pace somewhere else. Um, or O'Neal, those are the only two guys I would trade. I would try to keep everyone else and just figure it out on the fly. So yeah, that that's where I'm at as far as like ma minor leaguers showcasing themselves in 2024. Like I said, other than Granillo, I'd like to see that. Of course, Victor Scott maybe gets a chance at the end of the year because the Cardinals are good and they don't need him. Um, and other than that, like guys who haven't made a major league debut uh, other than Gordon Graceffo, I, I Look, I would love for Takoa Roby and Cooper Jerpy to get into a position where they can help the major league team force the major league team's hand. I just don't know if they're there. And again, I want them to be continue to be careful with Tim Kent's, even if it is against uh, the wishes of most fans. Uh, Dan Goki says, fuck, Mary kill trade edition, Bieber, Cease, and Glasnow. So uh, Glasnow, you marry. You marry that guy. And not just because of the way he looks, not just because he looks like Cillian Murphy. Uh, that plays into it too, don't get me wrong. Uh, but you marry him because he's the best of the three, and it's not even close if he's healthy. The one you kill is probably Bieber, right? He's a little older. Um, I know that I've gotten worse with age. Most people do. Uh, so you'd have to kill Bieber, unfortunately. Uh, so that means you're fucking Dylan Cease. Now, I'll be honest. I couldn't pick Dylan Cease out of a lineup, uh, more than likely. But also, all white people look alike to me, so I've got this whole thing going on. Uh, but more importantly with Dylan Cease, like... I kind of like that. I don't know what he looks like if I'm going to fuck him. I think we've all been there, right? Uh, our good friend. Oh, Cardinals gift says Stu Styles. Oh, holy shit, man. We are way behind. Gift says Stu Styles. Gift gives the cheers to our good friend, Jeff Niehaus. Jeff Niehaus gives it back. Bert uh, Bartachi says uh, Antico and Victor Scott, the second combined for 150 stolen bases in Memphis this year. No, it was in Springfield and it wasn't 150 stolen bases in Springfield. Uh, it was so. Antico spent the whole year in Springfield. Victor Scott II 
spent half the year in Springfield, half the year in Peoria. And I guess their total got to 150 between uh, those two levels and those two people. Uh, Stuart Schneider says, let's go pad. Stuart, welcome in here. Again, that was at 729. It is currently 752. I'm about 23 minutes behind. We're going to get to it. What's the ideal landing spot for ton? You know, I don't know. I don't know what the ideal landing spot is for Ton. Uh, they were talking about it on Twitter today. I think the Indians would be a good spot for him if the Cardinals could work out something for Bieber, even though I'm not the world's biggest Shane Bieber fan. Like, yeah, maybe that's a good a good trade, a ton and a, a pitcher, a pitching prospect or two or whatever that the Indians moves the needle for the Indians for, for Bieber. Like, I think Cleveland would be a good spot for him. Uh, look, he's going to fit in wherever he plays. It's just where is he going to play and how frequently is he going to play? I Look, He's not a fit for the St. Louis Cardinals anymore, and that sucks. But he also isn't not a fit for the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, the 2023 version where games didn't matter and he didn't play every day and took care of his knees and took care of his body and didn't risk it does not fit in with the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, definitely. But the question I always had that I don't think it was ever answered is would he be playing if the games mattered? I was under the impression from speaking to people behind the scenes that he would still play, but the games kind of dictated that it didn't really matter. And also good for him if that was the case. Uh, but I, I think I think tons of family man, and as long as he can bring his family with him, I don't think I think he'll get the most out of what he's capable of, whatever his physicality allows. Mel Heisler says, "What do you anticipate for Moises Gomez and Chandler Redmond trades promotion?" You know, we talked about it a little bit on talking about birds podcast. I think it might have been uh, uh, Meet Me at Mutual. I think it was Meet Me at Mutual. Moises Gomez. You know, if the Cardinals were going to give him a chance, they would have done it at the end of 2023. I, I still think that there's a chance as we get a little deeper into this this early part of the offseason that Moises Gomez finds his way off of the 40-man. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully, Michael Ciani is off by the time I'm done with this episode. I don't get the Michael Ciani thing. I want that gone, and I want it gone, and I want it gone. I think that's a center field thing, center field depth. But anyways, uh, and then with Chandler Redman. I would suspect Chandler Redmond, Chandler Redmond is at AAA all next year. Um, I don't think he'll be traded. There's kind of a weird value thing there with him, even though he's left-handed power. He's a little older, hasn't been above AA, um, still strikes out a lot. Uh, so I, I would suspect that if Moises Gomez stays in the organization, he'll be at AAA. Chandler Redmond will be at AAA. Um, and I, I think it's just a matter of what happens around them, specifically with guys like Juan Yepes and, and, and how all that works. Look, the Cardinals have an, uh, another 40-man of redundancies uh, that they need to sort out still, even after allowing people to become free agents. So that, that would be my guess as we sit here on uh, November 8th that Redmond is in AAA next year and Moises Gomez is probably in another organization. Counter says, would you be in favor of a Glasnow trade? I'm really concerned about the amount of innings he could give. Yeah, look, uh, so here's my general thought about pitching. I am concerned about the amount of innings every pitcher can give. Uh, of course, that scale changes when you talk about a guy who's been hurt as often as Glasnow has. I get that. Uh, and I know that, like, our good friend Graham uh, in the, the pad chat was saying, you know, one thing that he likes is the the durability that Aaron Nola has shown. And you're right. Like, a lot of times, if you're durable by the time you're 30, you don't, like, start falling apart. You don't get knickknacked. You've, you've kind of got a good thing going, uh, especially when you've been as good as Nola has. But I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm any less worried or more worried because Nola hasn't really been hurt. Part of me wonders when's it, when it's going to happen. I'm under the belief that all pitchers are going to get hurt and they're going to get hurt a lot. Uh, so I guess that's all to say that, yes, I am 100% in, trade, uh, in favor of trading 
for Tyler Glasnow. Depending on what the ask is, I think he would be my number one target. I can't say if that's the smart thing or the right thing. Uh, if I could just trade prospects for him or Carlson and uh, prospects and Carlson and O'Neill, I would definitely do it. I wouldn't trade any of the other pieces you're going to need for him. But yes, go go hard after Glasnow. I am I am pro trading for Tyler Tyler Glasnow as long as it doesn't cost the world. In the words of Admiral Akbar, Blake Snell feels like it's a trap. Yeah, they all feel like every one of these pitchers feels like a trap to me. You know, uh, Yamamoto like. Uh, he kind of feels like a trap to me too. He could end up being you Darvish. There's a Cy Young in there. Uh, he could be Kode Senga. Like there, there's number one potential in there. Um, but I just, every pitcher feels like a trap. That's the shitty thing about having trouble developing pitching and why it's so important that the Cardinals spend as much time reevaluating their organizational philosophy with pitching, uh, replacing and changing the roles of some of the, their organization uh, uh, pitching gurus. They need to completely overhaul that because that is more important than signing for agents this offseason. It just is. I, I, I hate to be that way, not for 2024, but for the long-term health of the St. Louis Cardinals. They need to get their shit together. That needs to be a primary focus. And if it's not a primary focus, then the Cardinals are missing the boat. Every second that they waste not revamping the coaching staff, the pitching staff uh, in the minor leagues, uh, uh, and and the pitching gurus and the pitching coordinator in the minor leagues is a fucking wasted second. That the fact that they're beating their heads against the wall is fucking stupid. Uh, that is the kind of shit that gets an organization in trouble. And the fact that they don't see that, uh, or th that they're not reacting to that, that's the kind of shit that really that really irks me. That's the kind of shit that I that I I've been trying to give the front office the uh, the the benefit of the doubt with. Give them a second to kind of correct that stuff. If they're not going to correct that stuff, if they're not going to make personnel changes uh, uh, to make their pitching better, if they're not going to invest the money and the resources into making their pitching system better, then what are we doing? You're, you're going to be back in the same situation in a couple of years or even next year where you're trying to find starting pitching uh, uh, at a premium price when that is the most volatile market imaginable. Uh, buy hitters. Buy hitters. Don't buy pitching unless you get into a position like the Cardinals are in now where you have to buy pitching and you fucking fucked yourself because of it. Spend the money. Be preemptive. Fix your organizational pitching because you know what? The scouts do a great job. The amateur scouts do a great job providing you with the talent that needs to be molded uh, with real talent that needs to be molded. And none of them are molding. None of them are being shaped. And that's on the fucking organization. That's on Tim Levesque. Nice guy. Awesome guy. It's on Tim Levesque and his crew. No way around it. Uh, it's on Dusty Blake now. No way around it. Uh, go ahead. Bring Jason Isringhausen in as a bench coach to the major, the major leagues. Let Jason Isringhausen tell you over and over again that Jacob Woodford is a major league starting pitcher, even though he's not. You know, sure, it's good. Let him teach grips here and there. Let him teach how to do pitches. But your whole system's broken and you need to change it. Matt Parker says, do you think Wynn starts the year in AAA next year? No, I think Mason Wynn is going to have a great offseason. And look, he's not going to be uh, an offensive juggernaut or anything. He's going to be a back of the lineup. Uh, major league producer this first year. Zachary Reynolds broadcasting says, Hey Kyle, long time viewer, first time question asker. Hello, Zachary Reynolds. How much weight do you put into Palante going to driveline and trying to fix things? He sucked this year, but the fastball curveball combo is interesting. Uh, look, I think that the off season, I think off season work is important. I think sometimes we blow up uh, uh, that when we see a guy in a lab and I don't think it's driveline. I thought it was somewhere else, but when we see a guy in a lab, now a picture in a lab, we get really excited. And we think this guy's going to take the next step. We'll see, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see with Palante. I love Andre Palante. 
I think if he does take some steps forward and you're not going to really address that third starter spot, maybe Andre Pallante is that guy. I mean, we'll see. That's that's way, way away. I, I My answer to your question is I think there's two things that happen here. I think it's fucking awesome that he's trying to become as good of a pitcher as he can. because And you see now what the minor leaguers go through. They have to do it on their own. Uh, the Cardinals are a part of it and they work stuff out. And for years I, I held their water on that, but I'm done with that. I don't have a reason to hold that water. Uh, so, but you see that even the major leaguers have to go abroad to become better that, you know, uh, you, there, there is a resource the Cardinals are and you can use that resource, but why would you, when there's everyone else in the world and in the United States is better at it than you are. Uh, so I think it's awesome that he's doing it, but I'm, I want to see it. I want to see how it translates in a major league game that is outside of spring training before I have, before I have any thoughts about it. You know, I've seen plenty of pitchers with incredible measures, uh, of of stuff uh, not be particularly effective. So let's see what it all looks like. But big up to Andre Pallante for doing whatever he possibly can to become as good as he can possibly be. Aaron Johnson says, Mo has been talking up Libertor as a reliever. What's your reaction? I'm about it. Look, I was really impressed with Matthew Libertor as a reliever. I'm not one of these people who gets drowned out in uh, what a waste of value. You know, uh, what a waste of a trade. I don't get drowned out in that. It's really hard to be a major league reliever. It's probably harder and more demanding to be a major league reliever than it is a starter and to be a good one at that. So if he's a, a major league reliever and he's good, and even if it's not at the level of Zach Britton and Andrew Miller a couple years back, say it's at the level of Hennessy Cabrera when he was good uh, or Jojo Ray or uh, Jojo uh, Romero when he was healthy and good this year, say it's, say it's some amalgam of all of that. Say it's not elite. Like I'm about it. The Cardinals need that. They need that cheap. And it would be a huge boon to a shitty bullpen from 2023. So, uh, look, I, I at this point, and even last year or the year before, it always kind of felt like his his best outcome was going to be in the bullpen. It, it, it would help him get to the velocity that is important to his success. You know, he still needs to work on the shape of his fastball. Still needs to work on some of that stuff. But look, I I think I think any contribution from any one of these players uh, is super important. Travis White says, what do you think the Cardinals can realistically do this offseason to improve their pitching development process? Look, I, I'm gonna, I'm not going to sit here. Look, uh, I guess I will sit. I'll sit here and I'll be critical and critical and critical. Uh, I just was. I ran my stupid mouth. And I'm the worst kind of person who runs their stupid mouth because I don't really have an answer. Uh, what I think is very simple. Uh, bring in people from the outside. Look around the league, see what the league is doing. Look in college baseball and see what college baseball is doing. College baseball is head and shoulders. The, the Major D1, the top pitching programs are head and shoulders above what the Cardinals do. You know, I, I know from talking to pitchers that have come from those programs uh, that it's a, almost a culture shock when you get to the Cardinals and they don't, they're not as up to date. I think that's important. I think investing into the future. And that's more than just the pitching lab in Florida. We get caught up in that. That is something that needs to carry on throughout the four full season levels of the minors. Uh, I guess three, because technically the pitching lab in Florida would also be Palm beach, but they need to modernize Peoria and Springfield and Memphis. And uh, they need, they need to be forward thinking, not, uh, not stuck in their ways. Like sure. Sometimes, Sometimes you can have information overload. Sometimes you can react too heavy to, to having too much information and, and tech. And if you don't have people who know how to use it, then, then it doesn't really matter that you have it in the first place. But they need to be modernized. Uh, because right now, even with their version of modernized and the modern techniques that they use, they're still five years behind everybody, three years behind everybody. Uh, at least the teams that are making a difference and getting the most out of their pitching prospects. 
Uh, Andy Heckroth. So again, to, to Travis White's question, I don't really know, but there's people in the organization that get paid to know, and uh, it's time to show that they're they're listening and they're adjusting. Andy Heckroth says, what are your thoughts about on a trade for Dylan Cease? Uh, look, I know Dylan Cease kind of had a down year. I know that there are some Dylan Cease doubters, but the Cardinals pitching needs to get better. And if they don't have to trade Nolan Gorman to get it done, unless they can get Luis Robert in, in the trade back, uh, if they can just do it by trading uh, O'Neal or Carlson and then their prospects, then I'm all for it. Uh, but they they need every one of their position players other than Carlson and O'Neal um, to still have a good offense. They can't really lose any of those people. Uh, otherwise, it's that whole robbing Peter to, to pay Paul. Sarah Ann from the There Is Crying in Baseball podcast. Check that out. It's really good. Um, says, take your shirt off. Listen here, you mind your own fucking business, okay? I'll take my shirt off when I'm damn well ready to take my shirt off. Uh, I'm wearing a Kirby shirt today, by the way. You're goddamn right I am. Um, but yeah, look, uh, I'll take my fucking shirt off when I want. Don't fucking tell me what to do. Go bang Quinn, Sarah. Clever Rhino says, hello, hello from Springfield. Gonna miss seeing Vic Scott II in person whenever I want. Gonna have to make a trip to Memphis to see that, I would think, or uh, your annual trip to St. Louis at some point during the end of the year. Uh-oh, Sarah's in here, Andy Heckroth says. Travis White says, if you say, quote, understanding enough, people will say, that fucking guy is thinking, Kyle the horror boy. I love that. Oh, hey, Trisha Hudson says, just stopping in to say hi from the ZKR, from ZKR, to the Richardson family, to the Hudson family, we raise our glass. Trisha, it's a pleasure to have you in here. I hope you're doing well. We haven't talked in a while. It looked like Zade Richardson had an incredible uh, a season in independent ball. Looked like he was a happy boy. Uh, I love that. To you guys. Again, I hope everybody's doing well. We're going to have to get to the booze. Um, real fast, while we have Trisha up, you know, uh, again, we've had plenty of families and players come in here. To all the families and players that are part of PAD, uh, we salute you. We also want to make a point to... We have Old Forester. We also want to make a point, and yes, I put it right there because I knew I was going to need it, even though I promised myself I wouldn't drink it. Uh, we also want to make a point. Well, that's a lot more in there than I thought. Uh, to cheers to, of course, the Hicks family. To the Hicks family. To Jordan. To the, the godfather, Jason. To Jennifer. To the whole family, we raise our glass to the Hicks. Uh, we can't do a pad without them being in here. But to the Hudson family, Richardson, uh, all of the families that I'm not going to name off, because some of them probably don't want to be associated with me anyways. Uh, we raise our glass. Just a little snifter there. Oh, Old Forester is a delicious bourbon. I've really come to appreciate the Old Forester. Aaron Johnson says, Gould's article today about how having Newt Bar and Yamamoto could really establish a Cardinals brand in Japan is a great argument for the Cardinals to know to know their, to uh, unload their wad on him. You know, the funny thing about that article, by the way, 739... Uh, is when this question was asked. It is currently 8.07. I'm a half an hour behind. I apologize. Uh, we're going to try to get through it. But I don't think, like, the my takeaway from that article was Newbar has such a large presence in Japan already that they don't necessarily need Yamamoto. Yeah, sure, it could increase it, but there isn't a more, I mean, the, it's like, it would be like saying, like, if you got Mike Trout uh, and Bryce Harper, that it would increase your... If you're the Saudi league and you brought in, you had Mike Trout, right? And you brought in Bryce Harper, you could increase your, your, your reach to the United States. Well, if you already have one of those guys, does the second guy really pump it up that much more? I think maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I can't really say, 
But I, again, my takeaway was that Lars Newbar is as big a thing as anybody over there right now from an, uh, an athlete playing in the States. And does that really matter? Like if you have one who is already making that huge of an impact, one player, one person is part of your organization that is already making that type of impact, has that much spotlight over in a foreign land. I don't necessarily know if I think a second one makes that big of a difference, but I also am not a business person. I also cannot tell you what the revenue there is like. Aaron Johnson, what do you, what do you think it takes to trade for Glasnow? I think the trade market is going to be fascinating. I think a lot of people, because the, the, so many teams need pitching and not just a little pitching, a lot of pitching. I think that we're going to see like a one-year rental with arm issues like Glasnow. We're going to see his price go up as compared to where it would have been a couple years ago. I think Dylan C's price goes up uh, over where it was a couple years ago. How would I fix the bullpen? Exactly like the Cardinals did uh, uh, the other day, right? Uh, uh, I would still continue to bring in as many minor league free agents as I could, you know, uh, keep bringing in guys like Riley O'Brien, you know, nothing's wrong with, with Riley O'Brien. Keep bringing those guys in. Uh, don't, you know, I, I think, I think, I think, and I think I'll regret saying this, but I think that as a start to a bullpen, really Helsley, Gallegos, uh, Jojo, um, Libertor, I think that, and again, if they're going to keep Hudson, I think Hudson could be uh, the Stratton role just fine. I think that's a good start to the bullpen. I think bringing in Matsui would be huge. I don't know shit about him, but I just think that's the right move to make, depending on the cost there. And I think that you keep bringing in people like uh, uh, like Mr. O'Brien, like Riley O'Brien, and and hope that Wilking Rodriguez uh, uh, stays healthy if he stays on the roster, depending on his arm, and Guillermo Zuniga, and just keep cycling people in and then adjust to that in season. That's, that's what I would do. I would use the organization to fill those spots. Graham. Graham Jacoby says, hi, Kyle. To you, Graham, I'm going to use you as an excuse to drink some water. I love you, bud. It's nice to see you. Look at that cute little puppy you got there. I love it. Sarah asks, how many Olive Garden breadsticks can you eat in one sitting? You know, uh, Sarah Ann, I don't really have an answer to that question. I don't like Olive Garden, okay? I'm the type of douchebag who won't go to, to um, chain restaurants, okay? I live in St. Louis, the greatest restaurant city in America. I fucking support local, okay, you bitch? I fucking support local. Fuck Quinn for me. Sarah, I need you to fuck Quinn. Quinn, if you would please go over there or go anywhere, and Sarah will meet you, and she will fuck you. Fuck you. The Grave of Einstein says, I am quickly approaching the point of being tired of predicting Mo, and I just want winter meetings to happen so I can see what the Cardinals actually do and think about that. I'm with you. Yeah, you know, uh, it seemed like as we entered uh, the offseason, I was already tired of the offseason. And then I got excited about the offseason because people were freaking out about the Craig Council thing as if that really matters. And uh, then I got really into it, and now I'm already tired of it again. So, yes, let's get to uh, January 1st. And then do some reevaluating, but we'll do pad in the meantime between then. Aaron Johnson says, I'm hoping for the Cardinals to resign Hicks for many reasons, but primarily for the rager of a pad we'd have on the return of Prince of Pad. That's a great point. Yeah, to again to the, the Hicks family. But yeah, I, let me let me say that. I am 100 percent on board with bringing Jordan Hicks back. And I think that the command issue is something that has made fans around here, and of course the health, uh made fans around here not realize just how good Jordan Hicks is. So to Jordan Hicks and the Hicks family. 
That's really cool. Uh, Big old Buck says, yes, sir. Snell is a gaming friend. That was from like a half an hour ago. That's my fault. But yeah, Grave of Einstein says, if the Cardinals get the first overall pick, how would you react? Uh, so I have a whole different relationship with the MLB draft, right? Because I know how, I know how weird it is. You know, I would be happy for them. I, look, I trust those amateur scouts with my whole heart. I think that they would do the best thing for the organization, whether that be, you know, spending 80% of the, the pool or spending 100% of that slot or whatever. Like, I trust them to get the best player. But I also trust them to get the best player at the five spot or the 11 spot or the three spot. So my reaction would be, I'm glad that they have a little extra money to spend and I can't wait to see how they spend it. Richie P says, please tell Tom to put his shirt back on. Twitter can't take it much longer. Uh, I will, Richie P. We'll pass that along. Uh, although I'm pro shirt off. Aaron Johnson says, fuck, Mary kill, Newt Bar Gorman, Donovan. Oh, you marry, you marry Donovan. There's not a more marriage-capable person other than Tommy Edmond on the in the organization. You know, at this point, the only person more famous worldwide than uh, than uh, 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 Lars Newpar is Taylor Swift. So you got to, you know, if you get a chance to fuck somebody at the height of their celebrity, you do it, which means you'd have to kill Gorman and it'd be sad. But honestly, he seems like kind of a, a, a quiet lay to me. And I like noise, baby. I like noise. Aaron Johnson says, but in all seriousness, who is the most tradable for this team? Edmund Donovan or Gorman? Gorman. Everybody's looking for left-handed power. You put a premium on left-handed power. That makes him the most tradable. Especially in a day and age where you can just stash a body on the D uh, as a DH, uh, he's made huge progress. Huge progress defensively at second. He'll continue to make progress, but it, it, look, it's not it's not ever going to be the prettiest thing you've ever seen at second base. No matter what Jose Okendo says about Gold Glove, he's just not there. Uh, he he's going to be really good. He'll do some really great things if positioned properly. Uh, but you know, I love Brendan Donovan. If I'm going to trade for one, I'm going to trade for Brendan Donovan. Uh, but it is league-wide Gorman, no doubt about it. Stuart Schneider says, do you have a dark horse starter the Cardinals could make a move on that people are not really talking about? Look, I've been very vocal about saying that Kenta Maeda is my guy. I don't know shit about Kenta Maeda, but I love Kenta Maeda. He's one of those guys that I really, really like that's a free agent that probably is going to cost a lot of money that I think could be a very good three or four or second or third uh, addition to the organization. So uh, Kenta Maeda is my guy. And then, you know, I guess in a weird way, uh, you know, Eric Fetty is a name. I don't know shit. I don't know how his stats are going to translate. I don't know what he's changed uh, uh, overseas that would make me feel more comfortable. But, you know, he's another one. And then in a weird way, depending on who those first two guys are, if if your last sign, if your last starting pitching signing is Kyle Gibson, I wouldn't have the, the biggest problem with it. I, I think the Cardinals would do well to bring in a couple guys on short-term contracts. Like even so that's where I'm at with like Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola. Like sure. Gray's four years older than Aaron Nola, but I kind of, I kind of like the idea of only having to sign someone to a three-year deal. Uh, you'll probably have to get four, which brings them to 38, which isn't terrible. It's just terrible. But I, I see Aaron Nola and I think yeah, six years is a long time. Seven years is a long time. Like there's almost some relief in only having somebody for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, Yamamoto, whatever that length and, and AAV is going to be, who can, who fucking knows who can tell. Uh, but I do think that, um, like as far as a dark horse starter, I think one of those guys could fit in as one of the three or number two starters, depending on who the, the, the top echelon is that they bring in. Andy Heckross says, Kyle, are you going to win a up this year? So I have a job that is dependent on weather. 
So uh, because of that, if it, the weather is bad out, if there's snow, I won't be able to go to winter warm-up. Uh, I would imagine at this point the Cardinals will not allow me to be a part of the, the press scrum, which is a bummer. Um, uh, my criticism has not necessarily been reached with the biggest smiles. Um, so I, I would hope that I still get to be a part of the press junket for winter warm-up, but I, I would almost bet that I'm not. Um, uh, so if, if the weather's good, yeah, I'll probably still go. Uh, you know, I love the, love those players. Cream says, love you, buddy. Can't miss Pat. I, again, it's awesome. You're here. The grave of Einstein says now that wins in the bigs, who is the number one prospect in the system for me? It, John Beller. I love that for me. It is, it is to Roby. I fucking love watching that guy pitch. He is a monster. And then I'll be honest with you. Number two on my list currently, and it could change is Cooper Jerpy. I think those guys are one and two. Uh, I would still put Tink Hens at three. I think Tink Hens is still, uh, even though he had a rough double-A tenure, uh, my understanding is that between the pack and the finger issue, uh, he was nursing something. I think that there's an extension, a uh, leg extension issue that I'm, I, I don't have the numbers, but I would love for somebody to look over. I think that he wasn't getting extended out and he was working behind hitters. Uh, but keep in mind that way too often he was working behind hitters. Keep in mind that double-A is a huge, aggressive promotion for a player of his age and his experience. So uh, I think that maybe some of the, the hyperventilating about some of the struggles that he had is a little overblown. I think he'll get stronger. I think he'll get bigger. I think that now that he's had a couple extra innings as compared to where he was, I think that you're going to see uh, that prospect that we all knew and didn't have worries about. I think you'll see Tink Hens, uh really earn a top one, two, three spot in the organization. And then at that point, you know, it's probably uh, 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 it's probably Thomas to JC and then Victor Scott in that order. That would probably be my top five at this point. Travis White says, Duda's stripper friend said he had a fetish for girls who acted like their parents and or church, acted like they had forbidden her for sleeping with them. Uh, but his mag magnetism was just uh, too strong. Wow, I'm into that. Actually, you know what? I feel like that's something that I would do too. Holy fuck. Uh, Jay Ferg, a half an hour ago at 748. Jay Ferg, I flipped the birds to you, my friend. To you, Jay Ferg. Oh my God, my, my brother, my raising cane brother, Jay Ferg. It's great to have you in here, bud. Uh, I'm going to drink some water to you. I salute you. My Springfield lucky horseshoe friend, too. Graham says, Jack Flaherty's kissable. Jack Flaherty is super kissable. Super duper kissable. McGree, uh, Coo, uh, Connor says, I think McGreevy will be a, a Chad innings eater. He just gives me a four ERA and 200 innings pitch vibes. Yeah, look, uh, I think best case scenario uh, for Michael McGreevy is he produces something similar to what Miles Michaelis is producing, right? Like uh, some amalgam of good Michaelis and bad Michaelis from 2022 and 2023, respectively. Uh, yeah, like that is as that is the version of Michael McGreevy that we saw in 2023. That is like his ultimate ceiling. Uh, he probably won't get there. Uh, I honestly, I don't think he has a 400 ERA in him, although he does keep the ball on the ground a lot and that'll help keep the ERA low, but yeah, I, I think that I, you, you would hope that if everything goes right in my, this version of Michael McGreevy's development, that that is what he's capable of. It's just that I have my doubts that he's even that, uh, the, the, the kid that I saw is a, the same player that I, like, I worried about Dakota Hudson and Dakota Hudson put up some good ERAs, but that's why ERA doesn't really mean as much and why we're smarter now than we've ever been because yeah, the two, eight, eight ERA is awesome, but it didn't really matter. We knew he was getting really lucky. And that it would catch up with him. 
And maybe that happens with McGreevy. Maybe he has a 200 innings pitch, four ERA season, three eight seven ERA season, but it'll be an outlier uh, more than likely. Uh, Matt Drake says, hi, Kyle. Disappointed your shirt is still on. You know, we are an hour and six minutes in, and I am somewhat hot. I'm doing a little sweating. We'll see where the next 10 minutes takes us. No, no 5712 says, have you looked into any of the guys we added to the 40 recently? Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I'm big on O'Brien. I think that that's a good move. I don't really give a shit about any of the outfielders. Like, uh, you know, we could, uh, to be honest, like Jared Young, uh, Skip Young, I do not give a shit about uh, at all. Um, uh, Buddy Kennedy, I don't give a shit about at all. Um, I, they need to keep bringing in middle infielders in that capacity of that type. But look, those those guys are fine. Keep bringing in the arms, though. We're, we're big on the arms. Graham says, what free agent pitcher can they bring in and learn the most from in terms of modernizing their pitching capabilities? Probably Blake Snell. I, you know, the first one that comes to my mind is Blake Snell. Um, other than that, you know, uh, Tyler Glass now I know uses, utilizes and uses that stuff. Uh, other than that, you know, that's a really great question, Graham. Somebody smarter than me is going to have to a- answer that. Good, uh, good thoughts. Aaron Johnson says, thoughts on Heim Bloom. Yeah. Uh, look, I've, I can't, I can't sit here. And be as critical of the organization for being groupthink and constantly urging the organization on whatever platform I have in front of me to go outside of the organization and bring in somebody from the outside and then say, not this guy. Uh, Bloom is young. He's forward thinking. These are important things. I think it's going to be good if he is the guy. There's no guarantee he's the guy. Um, that uh, that I, I think it's good to bring in outside voices. I think the Cardinals need it. I know that people are critical of Bloom. You know, he traded, uh, he was ordered to trade bets. Uh, things didn't go great with the Red Sox. I don't know. I, I don't really have any thoughts, right? I, I don't really have any thoughts. I just want to see somebody get through the tough exterior of what the St. Louis Cardinals are 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 as a groupthink organization, really, or what I view as somewhat of a groupthink organization. Dan Goki says, what was with all of that Contreras to Miami stuff? You know, I didn't hear any of that. I'll be honest. I did not hear any of that. I wish I could uh, I wish I wish could elaborate more. The Grave of Einstein says, Plante's fastball being like ninth best in run value, according to StatCast, is so funny to me. That boy is the Greek god of hard but ground balls. I love him. Yeah, it's a tightrope act, isn't it? Look, I like Palante. I want Palante to, to be as good as he's capable of being. And, you know, I the Cardinals didn't do him any favors by rushing him to the majors last year. Didn't give him a chance to really develop. You know, they saw that velocity and thought, oh, he can eat some innings and, and hit some velocity for us, and he keeps the ball on the ground. That's going to be a valuable bullpen piece, and he was. But, you know, as we saw in the playoffs in 2022, that when you bank on that, it bites you in the ass. Uh, so hopefully this is some really good development time for him. And uh, we'll see a more evolved and Bullpen contributing version of Andre Palante in 2024. Waiterade says Palante developing a tighter, harder curve. He might have actual command of could be massive. Also, I believe he was it was tread athletics. Yeah, that's right. Waiterade, you're dead on on both of those assessments. I'm not even going to say anything because I think that's a great point to leave with, uh, to move on with rather. Andy Hickross says you mentioned how the scouts are giving the Cardinals a talent, but it's not being molded. Do you think Gary Locke is or should be on the hot seat? Look, uh, this is a tough one, right? Because if you take the baseball out of it and the passion of a fan base, the passion of your favorite major league team, if I told you there was a guy who had shepherded generations of talent through the Cardinal, through through a, um, a a car manufacturer, and sure things aren't going as well now, but 
The team is still doing okay. Uh, you'd say, ah, oh, just let that guy retire whenever he wants. But when you bring your fandom into it to the organization, you say, get that fucking guy out of here. Uh, I, personally, I think he has one year left on his contract. Hopefully Gary retires. Uh, hopefully he can go out on his own. And the Cardinals aren't going to fire him anyways because, as we know, they're loyal. Uh, I'm not going to say to a fault because, honestly, we could all use a little bit more loyalty in our lives more than likely. But uh, I think that hopefully Gary doesn't uh, doesn't extend past his contract because I think, I think baseball's passed him up. Uh, uh, is what I think. And that's not just me. That's coming from people I've talked to that are in the organization. Uh, so yes, I, 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 not the hot seat. Hopefully he's just gets a chance to have a long and successful retirement that he has earned by being at the forefront of some very important organizational developments of players, uh, for a very long time. And why says there's a pitching development facility business similar to driveline right down highway 70 that they can reach out to speaking from experience. Uh, I, let me know whatever it is. I'll put it on here. Uh, it's crazy enough. Some players watch this shit. So there you go. Jack says, what does a package for Logan Gilbert look like? Yeah. You know, I think the first person that we talk about is Nolan Gorman uh, or, or Brendan Donovan. It's probably one of those. And then I would suspect two prospects, probably two pitching prospects probably two top-end pitching prospects, maybe one top-end pitching prospect, and then Adam Kloppenstein. Maybe it's Gorman and Hens and Kloppenstein. Maybe it's Gorman and Robertsa, depending on what the, the, the Mariners think of Robertsa. Gorman, Robertsa, and... God, the Cardinals don't really have a whole lot of pitching, do they? Um, uh, Savakul or Eshawn Henderson. Maybe something like that. Um, I, I think that that's, that's a good starting point. And maybe even more than that, especially in this market with starting pitching demand being what it is. Jay Ferg says, got to come ball hawk a lucky horseshoes game with me next season. I'm going to try, but I swear I'm going to try out. I'm going to try to go to as many lucky horseshoe games as I can to the horseshoes. I always forget when I do pad that at about the one, uh, the, the one hour mark, I start like, my brain starts doing this thing because I'm not used to talking for an hour straight where I start like overthinking about what I'm saying, but also not thinking about what I'm saying at all. And it's a whole thing. And I think I've worn out now 13 minutes after that hour. Is Freddie Pacheco still alive? No, uh, he died in a fire. No, he's still alive. He's just uh Chizzy Poos. Chizzy Poos. 37.65 says South Park reference. Uh, yeah, but no, Freddie Pacheco's still alive, and I have no idea what his health status is, other than that he was working back from Tommy John. Aaron Johnson says it'll probably be more fun following potential draft targets this year. See, I disagree. Uh, I disagree. I think there'll be an oversaturation at the top, and I'll be tired of hearing about, about those guys. I, I like it better when they pick in, like, the 15 range, the 15-20 range. I think that that's way more fun because you just never know who it's going to be. Uh, but it will be more concise and probably – uh, more deliberate in, in what we're paying attention to. And if they manage to not have to forfeit that second round pick, then you have a top 40 pick. Uh, it's cause that's like 35th, right? Uh, if they don't have to forfeit it by signing a player with a qualifying offer to it, which they're, I bet I will bet. I'll tell you right now, they're either going to sign Nola or they're going to sign gray. Uh, I doubt they sign both, but they're probably going to sign one of the two. Uh, so they're probably going to have to give up that second round pick. But if they don't and they have that second round pick, that's the exciting pick for me. I really don't give a shit too much about the top of the like that's that's whatever. There's a lot that can go wrong and almost certainly it'll go right because I trust those guys making those decisions. 
but it'd be that pick that I'd be really curious about and I'd be really excited about. So I think that changes it. VHS, our good friend, says, what's worse, Harrison Bader in New York Yankee hair requirements or Brendan Donovan? Brendan Donovan, easily. Like, Brendan Donovan is such a scruffy guy. You know, there's something about clean-shaven Harrison Bader, even with that mop that we came to know that, like, because he's kind of a pretty boy, where it it matches. It still matches when he's clean-shaven and nice. You know, he, he looks he looks like a little boy, and it fits him. And Brendan Donovan is not. He like that is not a look. And he he looks great, uh, trimmed up and nice. I've seen it before, uh, pre-COVID. But he is not, like he's scruffy. He needs to be scruffy and he needs to stay scruffy. Uh, love that Donovan family. Aaron Johnson says, rephrasing my question: Which player do you think the Cardinals can most afford to trade between Gorman, Donovan, and Edmund? Look, uh, how about this? He said, and Aaron Johnson also says, I feel like it's Donnie with the JC rising. Gorman power is too valuable. I, so I, I don't know. I personally think with so many questions in the outfield that, and also with how bad the Cardinals defense was that I personally think that defense shoring up the defense is just as important as the left-handed power. And there's another thing that the thing that gets lost in Gorman's left-handed power is it's not consistent power. It's never been consistent power. It's streaky as fuck power. Now, that allows him to take over on weeks on end. But, you know, he got off to a great start on the season. He What, the first three weeks he was in fuego? And then for a month and a half, he was not good. He was fucking terrible. He went back to the player that we saw at the end of 2022. So it's not just about the power. It's about the inconsistencies. I, I think... I think the easiest person to trade is probably Edmund, not only because of age, because it costs a little bit more money. He probably has the least amount of value of the three, but he'd probably be the easiest to trade, uh, even though, because then you could always just bring in a defensive first shortstop uh, uh, if you needed to, an older player. You know, I don't know who that is. Maybe you signed Tim Anderson, although I don't know if you want to mess with the chemistry that way or whatever, Um, uh, whatever. But like, there are options if you trade Tommy Edmund still, sign a veteran that could play short to a cheap deal to cover you for a while. I just think that, like, for the Cardinals, for the Cardinals, losing Brendan Donovan is fucking huge. We In the second half of the year, Brendan Donovan wasn't around and the Cardinals were terrible. And that's not just because of Brendan Donovan. There was also pitching and blah, 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 yada, yada. But I don't think Gorman makes the team as good as, as Brendan Donovan does, even though his bat is – it can take games over. It is clutch as fuck. And left-handed power is at a premium, and also looks really nice in the lineup. I, I that's just my thought. But again, we're splitting hairs, and my guess is when it all comes down to it, Aaron, um, is that it'll be whatever team is is going after those players. They'll be the ones to judge who's more valuable. You know, I would imagine that half of the league would think Gorman's more valuable, and the other half would think Donovan is. Uh, he also says Aaron Johnson Edmund is pretty important insurance at both short and center. Yeah, yeah, again, but. That is what it is. Andrew, I look, I'm with you. I think it's very important, but I also think that because of the age, the contract, the money, if somebody was willing to match the value of Gorman and, and Donovan for Edmund, you would do that before you do it with the others. Andrew Breyer says, bring on the Walker reunion. Uh, I'm all about that. Here's my thing about Michael Walker, though. When Michael Walker left the Cardinals, he was fucking terrible. And it sucked. And I hated it because I love Michael Walker as a prospect. I love his first season and half with the Cardinals. That was awesome. And it sucked that he was bad. So as long as he's good, I'm with you. Bring the Walker reunion. But emotionally, physically, I cannot take um, a bad Michael Walker. It's too much for me. Oh, hey, Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer from uh, about 
15 minutes ago. Uh, by the way, we love Brendan. I, I cannot stress enough how how much I love Brendan Schaefer. He is great at his job. He's awesome on X or Twitter. He's just an all-around great guy who, who the little bit of time I've spent with, I absolutely love. Uh, to Brendan, I'm going to raise my booze to you, man. Uh, I know I mess around and I, I get like fake aggressive on Twitter with you just to see if I can kind of push your buttons and like I'm laughing and you're probably not. And you're probably like this fucking guy. I wish you just leave me alone. But I, I gives me a chance here to tell you it's all just in jest because I do like you and I respect you. That's like a game that I play with my brothers and my friends. And I, I like it's one of those things where you respect somebody so much that you end up doing it. Uh, but of course, I don't respect you as much as I respect Derek Gould because I'm afraid of him because I respect him so much. Uh, but anyways, I, I view you as a contemporary that I aspire to because of your high standing and high quality. I raise my glass. This is a great question. I want everybody to write a paper on this. Brendan asks, St. Louis Cardinals writer asks, would you rather fight two dark horse size starters are 20 starters sized dark horses. Would you rather fight two dark horse size starters or 200 starter sized dark horses? All right. So here's my thought, right? I think I would rather fight 200 starter sized dark horses. No, no. Cause nowadays Pitchers are so tall. Like if this was 1908 when pitchers were like five foot four, I think that's the one I would go with. But now pitchers are basically the size of horses. So what I'm asking is, do I want to fight 200 horses or do I want to fight two horses? I, one and two of those and two of those horses being people. Give me the two people horses over the 200 horses people. I, I just I that's where I'm at. That's just where I'm at. I'll double back around here in about 15 minutes because I won't be able to get that question out of my head. Does Hence start at AA or AAA next year? Let's see how his offseason goes. I don't think I have much of a feel one way or the other um, about that. Aaron Johnson says, I, more than likely it's AAA with Hence. But if it starts at AA, that doesn't mean he's taking steps back. That, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Aaron Johnson says, Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinal writer. You, <laughs> Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer. You and Kyle should do a collab stream sometimes. I would love that. Look, I felt fortunate I got to podcast. Uh, on Brendan's, uh, on B-Shape uh, Daily. Check that podcast out. Uh, Brendan's great. Um, I got the podcast with him, and it was delightful. You know, he doesn't do a whole lot of guests, and that I got to be a guest was awesome, and I thought he and I vibe well. I would love to do something with Brendan anytime Brendan wants to, um, and my schedule allows it because my schedule's crazy. Two nights a week, I take care of my dad. Uh, I'm in a different land uh, over the weekend, and I'm, I'm Tuesday and Wednesday nights are really my only available nights to do shit. Between the two of you, Cardinals fandom has the best uh, the best late-night lineup for any of the network. That would be awesome. Graham says, McGreevy becomes prime Mike Leak challenge. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a good chance. Uh, Sarah says, take off your shirt. Sarah, I'm not going to take off my fucking shirt. I'm a man. I'm respectful. I'm not taking off my shirt. Dan Gokey says, off with the shirt. There goes my shirt. My shirt is off. Shirt is off, Dan Gokey. You're right. I'm, I am a man, and I am not respectful. And Brendan's into, Brendan is in here. And I want my shirt off. Brendan says back to Aaron Johnson, I can't even figure out how to tag someone in a reply. I'm supposed to coordinate a live stream with another whole person. Maybe Kyle is smart enough. Brendan, I am not smart enough. I just lied on television and then took my shirt off immediately after it. I don't know how to set up live streams. I need gifts to set up live streams for me. I can barely podcast. I don't put the podcast out. Gifts puts the podcast out. I am literally a baby. 
I am a baby. I don't understand technology. I don't even Twitter notification. Uh, like I don't notif notification right. I don't do anything right. So somebody's going to have to hold our hand, rock me and hold his hand. Matt Parker asks a great question. Any news on Alec Willis? The dirty prospect list was the last time I've seen anything about him. You know, I don't even know what the arm injury was that kept him out. I'm going to have to ask, you know, uh, God, there's so many pitchers that I just, I didn't ask about, you know, I got so caught up on Jerpy. So let me, let me take you guys through the summer with Jerpy. Jerpy was out and he was hurt. And I asked some of his teammates, what's up? And they're like, it's his arm. But nobody really knew exactly what it was. And I don't have any connections with Jerpy. And I didn't want to ask some of the people I knew in the organization because I hate asking them for shit. Um, I don't want to be beholden to him. Uh, but so, so I started doing some like detective work with some of his teammates and none of his teammates were talking and the, the ones who would, so they didn't really know what was going on. Uh, so, uh, you know, and then I got some news shortly before all I knew is that he was working out, uh, in, in Florida before the news about the bodies in his arm, uh, came out that were removed. And then I found out about that about, I don't know, a month, I, maybe a couple weeks before the the news broke officially. So that's all to say, I, I have not gotten any, any news on Alec Wills other than that it's arm related. That's all I know. Somebody's going to have to do some more work for me. Mel BLM says, did you see what Wilson commented? Then deleted about council replacing Ross thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Look, I love that. I, I think it's funny as shit and I think it's good for the fan base. And all it does is endear us more to Wilson Contreras. Um, Mel BLM says, realize I should switch to my Twitter name. Works for me. Uh, Corey Blay says, will Jerpy ever turn into a legit major league pitcher? Look, I think that um, look, this is such a, such a tough question for me to answer because I already view him as having the capabilities of being a major league pitcher. You never know how health is going to work out with pitchers. You just never, ever, ever know. But his stuff is good enough. It is. It's just a matter of health. If he can stay healthy, he's a major league pitcher easy. Just like with Matthew Matthew Libertor. The one thing with the Cardinals traded for was a major league caliber pitcher. The varying levels, you know, when, when they first traded him, traded for him, I had my doubts. I wrote an article about it, about him being a starter, and it just hasn't panned out. But he's already a major league caliber pitcher. People don't realize how tough it is to be a major league caliber pitcher. Even somebody who is a swing man, even a James Nail type. Those guys don't grow on trees. So yeah, Jerpy is already that. He already has the capability if he can stay healthy. Uh, uh, that's how I view a legit major league player. Uh, now, if you think, if you're asking me, can he be an everyday contributor or a starting pitcher, that's going to come down to health. His stuff is good enough. His arm angle is wacky enough uh, that if his health is good, yes, he can be a starter uh, for as long as health will allow it. Can he be a bullpen piece? Fucking right he can. No doubt about it. It's just a matter of health and how he continues to handle innings put on his arm. B-Shape says, uh, Kyle, just perfectly articulated why live streams are so hard. You become self-aware and leave your body. You've been take, you've been talking for so long. It's true. It's really fucking hard. That's why my format works. It's just stream of consciousness. Bury yourself on the questions. Don't really try your hardest not to think about what you're saying. And then move on. Mel BLM says, when Harrison played here in Springfield, I called him Babyface Bader. Miss him so much. Yeah, and you know, maybe, maybe, that's, uh, maybe you bring Harrison Bader back for a year if he wants to come back. We'll see. There's... There's plenty of options to help ails the Cardinals this offseason. Our good friend Stu Style says, is it a bad look on the organization's development with players going outside the org for data input at places like Driveline or Tread, or is it just a matter of more info, the better? 
I think it just depends on what those players are conveying to their friends in baseball, right? Like if if Andre Pallante is at tread and he's the other pitchers from other organizations are there and he's like, yeah, man, I can't get help from the Cardinals at all. Like they're not helping me. They're say they'll say that they say that they'll be there for me uh, and they'll help me out however I need, but they're not pushing me the way that tread is or driveline is with Newt. Um, then yeah, it's a it's a terrible look. But the other issue here is that while there are forward, progressive and forward thinking organizations, not all are like that. You know, the Cardinals are kind of in the middle of the pack, honestly. So more than likely, the players are going to these these labs and they're talking to team players from other teams. And more than half of them are saying, yeah, man, we don't have any of that stuff either. We don't even have what you have. So, uh, you know, that that's the delicate balance here. That's that is one part of the criticism that I levied that I probably should have hit on. But I was running crazy is the Cardinals aren't really at the end of, of this race. They're kind of trapped in the middle, falling behind in that pack in the middle. So it's a bad look for it's a bad look from a PR standpoint for fans. You know, until the Cardinals start developing some of these pitchers and getting the most out of these pitchers uh, and not expecting them to do it on their own, uh, even to John Mazalek's comments to the media, um, it, it's already a bad look to fans. It's just a matter of if it is to the players. Matt Drake says, I would very much like to take whatever John Denton is on to John Denton, my sweet little man, Peach. I love you. I love you with all my heart. If I could snuggle up to one beat writer, it'd be you. I'd kiss you wherever you wanted me to kiss you, even down there. You are sweet. You are perfect. You are loving. You're doughy in all the right ways. I wish that our bodies could join for consensual snuggling. And maybe more if you were into it. To John Denton. Thank you for being so bad at your job that it makes us appreciate everybody that's really good at their jobs a little bit more. Love you, B-Shafe. B-Sir. Brendan, what's up, bud? I love you. It's nice to see you. I just want to say that I have my YouTube streaming on my fire stick, but I've been here the entire time, Kyle, and I love you. I love you, my friend. I love you. I'm going to take some Montucky to you. I'm glad that you could be here. I don't know what a fire stick is, but um, I hope that it's not very big. I hope it's about this big and you don't have to see this disaster of a train wreck that I've got going on in my stomach. Sarah Ann asks, how much dish soap do you ingest in a week? For me, it's about four tablespoons. Well, so here's what you do, right? When you do your dishes, you just, you put the dish soap on, you hit it with, you let it in the, in the water there, you let it sit, and then you just drink that water. So uh, between that and the bleach, I would say maybe a cup, of, a cup a week of dish soap and bleach. Yeah, total. It's hard to tell when you're drinking them at the same time. Kyle Eaton says, if the cards were to add a bat this winter, who do you think it should be? Shohei Otani. No, no, I'm joking. J.D. Martinez. No, no. Um, is Mike Trout available? Is Bryce Harper available? Uh, is um, is Barry Bonds available? Honestly, I would love for the Cardinals to add Barry Bonds. Bartolo Colon is who I would like to see the Cardinals add as a bat this winter. Um, Luis Robert. I mean, honestly, not to, not to get crazy here, because it is a trade that the Cardinals are incapable of making for Dylan Cease and Luis Robert. But I am all about the Cardinals dumping the farm and Nolan Gorman to get Luis Robert and Dylan Cease. That's what I would do. That's, I mean, honestly, that is 100% what I would do. I, I, I wouldn't think twice about it. And honestly, if it came down to two of Roby, Jerpy, and Hence, and maybe even Sejaci and Victor Scott and Yvonne Herrera, I'd do it. 
I w- I'm not kidding. I would fucking do it. I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. Even with the pitching concerns with Cease and the injury concerns with Robert. I, I would do that. That's, that is where I'm at. You know, the thing about the Cardinals that we know for a fact is they don't like complicated trades. They, they definitely do not like complicated trades. You know, they trade just for Arenado. They trade just for Goldschmidt, right? Um, they might swap picks in there. You know, uh, uh, Libertor and that other prospect that didn't pan out for uh, Jay, Jose Martinez and Randy Rosarena is about as complicated as they get. So to expect that the front office has the capacity to even make such a complicated trade is, is unrealistic. Unless they want to prove me wrong. Uh, and honestly, if I was in John Mazalek's shoes, that's that's where I would be. I would start there. And I would spend I would have spent every second of the general manager meetings talking to Getz and trying to figure out what his value is on those two players and trying to figure out how close I could get uh in a re in a beyond reasonable manner, in a in a pulling teeth kind of way, just to see, just to test the waters. Um, that that's where I would go. Because I don't think there is much out there that makes the offense better other than players staying healthy and uh, playing up to their capabilities. I think everything else is a waste of a resource. B-Shape says, I'll try to hook up with Kyle and maybe a weekly thing if he's interested. It, it sounds good. I, I agree, bud. I agree. Sarah says, I hate you. Hate you too. Graham J says, I think the Mariners will target Donovan over Gorman. Uh, again, I just want to say one more time before we get to Donovan over Gorman. I, I do love Brendan. Check out B-Shape Daily. Uh, we are so fucking lucky, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to toast to all of them depending. I know, look, I know Jeff Jones is a hot button topic. I know some people fucking hate him. I don't Jeff's been awesome to me, but you know, between Derek Gould and Katie Wu and Jeff Jones and B shape, uh, even like Brandon Kylie on the radio, um, Brad Thompson on the radio, uh, you know, all of those guys do such a, the beat writers do such a great job. Again, Katie Wu, Derek Gould, Brendan, when he's around, uh, Jeff Jones, uh, Denton sometimes. Also, Brian Walton and, and Rob Raines do incredible work. Uh, but anyways, all of all those people, we're so lucky to have them. And sure, sometimes we get frustrated with them, but we love them and we're lucky to have them. And we don't know how lucky we are. And sure, there'll be news that'll break and it'll be Rosenthal or fucking Morosi that breaks it. God forbid it's Morosi. And everybody will be in D. Ghoul's mention saying or not in his mentions talking shit about how he doesn't break news. Well, he's not in the news breaking business. He's in the news reporting business. And I appreciate that he's reporting news instead of speculation uh, and and waiting for the news to come out. I'm fine with that. Derek Gould's the fucking best to all of those people. Austin Petalillo says nightmare offseason for the Cardinals. Yeah, nightmare offseason is exactly like what we talked about. If if they walk away and they have Seth Lugo and James Paxton and Michael Waka, you know, uh, I now I will say that I don't I won't have the same feelings of others if their um you know their offseason is like Imanaga, Maeda, and Montgomery or you know uh Gray Lugo Maeda. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be as upset as other people are, but I do think it's really easy for them to not have success this off season. Uh, and I do have nice nipples though. Don't I hold on real fast. Sarah says I have nice nipples and I do have nice nipples. Hold on where you at right there. You can kind of see it underneath the thing here. I'll take your fucking face off of there. There's my nipple. Look at those nipples. You know, people don't talk about my nipples enough. Now, before we get to the Cardinals nightmare off season, let's talk about my nipples. Now it's funny. Cause I don't think this lighting does a good job of 
showing the color. Like they kind of, my nipples kind of look like here. It's so hard to say. I guess I could just do that. Oh, there they are. There they are. Oh my God. Look at those nipples. Um, you know, they are less flesh colored than they seem on the live stream. I'm a little worried about my lighting. I don't think my lighting is giving my nipples the coloring that they deserve. Um, but yeah, my nipples are great. They're a little hairy. I don't know what to do about that. I'm scared to touch them, you know, with a knife or something because most people cut their nipple hair with knives. And I think it's just, uh, I think it's important that you know that the color is not as light as it looks on the stream. If we can talk seriously for a second. But also, you know, my hair, my chest hair is pretty great too. It really is. It's a nice thing to kind of touch. Anyways, Austin Petalillo says, nightmare offseason for the Cardinals. Uh, probably the highlight of their offseason being whatever the fuck I just did a second ago. The Grave of Einstein says, okay, these collab streams, who would be the dad and who would be the mom? I'm taking Brendan, dad, Kyle, mom. Look, I'll, I'm willing to role play in any role that works out good for Brendan. Sarah Ann says, you say you have no connections to Derby as if you don't know I've spoken to him on the telephone. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, that's funny shit. That is funny shit. All right, to you. Oh, no, you don't get that. You get the peppermint shit. Uh, the left hand candy cane nitro uh, to Sarah Ann and her connections to Cooper, uh, Cooper Herpy. Ah, sorry. Jeffrey Trotter says, isn't Joe Kelly the ex we should most be pushing to see back in St. Louis? It depends on the contract, right? You get Joe Kelly at $3 million. Yeah, bring him in. Joe Kelly at $5 million on a one-year deal, maybe with a vesting option. Yeah, sure. I'm into it. Hey, freaking cards. Freaking cards. Freaking freaking cards gets booze. That fucking love you, Kyle. Freaking cards. I love you. I love freaking cards. I love Cardinals gifts. I love freaking cards. I love Cardinals gifts. I love you. Ah. Grave says, I haven't heard a lot about Leonardo Bernal this season. What has his deal been this year? Yeah, look, so Leonardo Bernal was a fast riser who repeated uh, uh, Palm Beach this year. And there's nothing wrong with that because he's so young and he's still honing his craft. And even though like the season won't look as good on paper as it was last year, it was still a great and positive year for Leonardo Bernal. You know, Leonardo Bernal was a top 10 prospect in my dirty list last year. And honestly, he's probably going to be a top 10 prospect in my dirty list again this year, even though everything wasn't, it wasn't a huge step forward. He didn't end the year in Peoria. I thought there was a chance he might make it to Springfield as we entered 2023 uh, at, by the end of the year. And he didn't, but I think that that's for the better. I like that they slowed down his development. Remember just three years ago, four years ago, there were short season levels. It wasn't a full season level at Palm Beach. I think that you learn more about these guys, and these guys learn more about baseball, getting a little bit more time uh, at the low A affiliated level. So, uh, look, it was a good it was a good year for him. Don't don't think because you didn't hear a lot about him that it wasn't a good year. I think it's just like Jimmy Crooks. I think it's the same goddamn thing with Jimmy Crooks. Like Crooks got off to a terrible start, and I remember people that were asking me on Twitter, like uh, Crooks is really fizzling out. Baseball's hard. It took him a second to adjust, and he was probably one of the best players in the Cardinals organization at the minor league level and an affiliated level in the second half of the season. Actually, the last four months of the season. So just give it time. You know, Crooks will probably be a top 15 prospect, too. You know, uh, they have plenty of good prospects. Just give it time. And I think it's a positive that we didn't hear much about Leonardo Bernal this year. Graham says... <laughs> And take a shot for Dan Buffa. He's not dead. He just exists. I'll raise, I will. I love Buffa. Uh, fucking crazy dude. I raise my glass. 
Uh, Mel BM says, BLM says, Reese Hoskins may be available with Harper taking over their first base full time. Yeah. So, you know, my thought about Reese Hoskins is unless you move Goldschmidt, there really isn't a reason for, for Reese Hoskins, even in a DH kind of capacity, because the Cardinals have position player depth and those guys need to bats. Um, I do. Th- I love Reese Hoskins. Look, I there was a, there was almost a tweet that got fired off on my on my end today. That was trade Goldschmidt, sign Reese Hoskins. But there's also a huge, a huge um, chance you're taking there. And I, I don't know if that's the right thing either. BHS says, personally, I would go back in time and sign Luis Robert and fight in the fucking first place. Yeah, that's uh, that's BHS. You nailed it. Go back uh, to back then when I wouldn't shut up about it and just sign Luis Robert. And here we would be happy as a motherfucker and reaping the rewards of maybe one of the five best players and position players in baseball. Ah. Graham says, what is the outfield looking like? Well, Walker will be in right field. Uh, most of the time. And then my guess is Edmund will have more of a platoon role out in the outfield playing center, platooning with Lars Newtbar, depending on the handedness of the pitcher. If it's a, if it's a lefty, I think you're going to see, um, you'll see Edmund playing a lot of center field. And then with Newt going to left. And then if it's, if it's a righty, you'll probably see Newton center with uh, uh, Burleson in left, unless they can't find a taker for O'Neill and they're not going to non-tender him, then O'Neill will be in left a little bit here and there, uh, and Carlson. But again, I, I'm operating under the assumption that both Carlson and O'Neill are going to get moved. But uh, that, that's what I think is going to happen. I think that if if Carlson and O'Neill don't get moved, then you'll you'll just you'll substitute Burleson a lot for O'Neill in my alignment there, and then I think Carlson will play a similar role to what he played. Uh, at the beginning of the 2023 season, uh, underutilized and underused and, uh, you know, poorly managed. Uh, Again, I cannot stress enough. I just want to see Dylan Carlson go somewhere um, that is a healthier environment than St. Louis. Our good friend B-Sir says, I also want Brendan to know I love him too as well. Yeah, Brendan's great, right? The only person greater than Brendan is Cardinals GIF, who tells me that I have gorgeous nips. And you know what? That means the world to me, Gifts. Uh, your your words about my nips move me almost to tears. Little B-Hole says, I want to hear Denton reporting on Kyle's nips. He's too scared. He can't he can't face the hard stories. He can't tell the hard stories. Freaking cards, says Kyle. I recently found out I'm going bald. Any tips? Freaking cards. It, depending on how bald you're going, right? Uh, you know, if you just have a little recession going on, then ride it out as long as you don't think it's too obvious. But the, the best advice I can give you is to get ahead of it. Just go ahead and shave that head if it's getting to the point where, like, your brother will give you an honest appraisal of how bald you're getting. If you're if all of a sudden you're like, your brother's like, hey, it's, it's looking kind of thin, then just go ahead and shave it. Don't hold off the inevitable. Because if you're noticing it, then that means more than likely everyone else is. But you, less, I feel like when, I, when we saw you, you had a nice, healthy head of hair. So you're probably fine. Just if you stay, especially like people can get away with that. If you're bald in the back of your head, you can kind of get away with that. Like that's not a big deal. Like this area here, you know, if you're one of these people where it goes here, then you're probably fine. You could probably wait another decade. But like me, I had the receding hairline. And then like one day my hair, my hairline was about halfway up my head. And I was, I was uh, combing everything forward. And then when the wind would blow, I'd have to put my head down so my hair wouldn't blow up. And it was like, man, I got, I just got to, I got to, I got to shave it. So my advice would be as long as it's not like thin and you're trying everything you can to hide it, like 
Donald Trump does or like I did. Uh, just just shave it. You know, um, hair doesn't matter that much. It, it really doesn't, you know, unless you're going to be outside. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just feel like the right thing to say. But the thing is, the important thing for cards is you're fucking hot, man. You're fucking hot. doesn't matter if you have hair or not. You're fucking hot. And you're probably going to throw it around because some women are into bald heads or men are into bald heads, too. Uh, but whatever your thing is, I think it's women. And if it's women, then they're going to be into bald heads. Uh, and you're going to have a fucking hot ass bald head. I know that for a fact. VHS says, Kyle, how many drinks do you have going right now? Okay, VHS. I have uh, Montucky. Uh, by the way, I'm taking it slow tonight. Uh, I We have the Candy Cane Nitro by Left Wing. That's what's in here. We have water. And we have Old Forester. That's what's in here. And you know what? We really, really, really need to slow it down. Actually, we need to end this. We're an hour and 43 minutes in. So we're going to try to speed to the end of the questions uh, without, uh, while still giving them appropriate time. Sean Ditterline says, if Donovan goes, does so does my bourbon inventory. I'm telling you, man, I'm with you, Sean Ditterline. I love it. Look, I will also tell you that when I'm appraising Donovan's value and Gorman's value and Edmund's value, I, I have a bias there. And, uh, it's obviously towards Brendan Donovan, so keep that in mind. Matt Parker says, any news on Austin Love? Yeah, look, I heard that was Tommy John, and uh, we'll probably see uh, Austin Love in a, a June of next year, June or July of next year. Jason Hill, hey, oh, Jason Hill over at Viva Albertos. We love, we love Jason Hill. Love him. Love the Viva Albertos community, too. As we cheers our Montucky to him, he says, Kyle, love you. How great is Ian Bedell? Ian Bedell's great. Ian Bedell is a major league contributor. Not sure if it's going to be as a starter. Not sure if it's going to be out of the bullpen. Not sure if he's going to get traded and find his way into another organization. It's funny. Bedell's like the one guy, right? Where I think to myself, if I'm the Mariners, that's the guy I'm targeting. If I'm the Indians, that's the guy I'm targeting. If I'm the White Sox, that's the guy I'm targeting. It's maybe not necessarily be the high end guys in the organization. I think that's the guy you're targeting more so than Raychick um, at that too. So uh, he is, I think he has a potential to be, I, I do worry about the bullpen of it all. But as we, as we go back to a conversation we had earlier about Matthew Libertor, I think we still to this day undervalue how tough it is and how important it is to be a very good bullpen piece. Uh, and if Matthew Libertor can be that, even if it's not to an Andrew Miller level or a Zach Britton back then level, then that's huge. Same thing with, with Ian Bedell. He doesn't have to be um, Ryan Helsley in 2022. He doesn't have to be uh, Giovanni Gallegos since Gallegos has come over. He, he just needs to be solid and good. And that's a huge thing for a team that's trying to win games. But he, he has that in him as long as he stays healthy. That's a major leaguer, and I'm certain of it. And I can't say that about everybody. Christopher Malkus says, do you think they shy away from trading arms in any deal this offseason? I do. Um, I think it depends on who they get, right? Like, I think, I don't think they'll shy away from trading arms for Logan Gilbert. Uh, I would suspect that Dylan Cease, they'll be smart. But like Shane Bieber, no way. No way. They, they might trade somebody down the line, you know, hand Paniagua, something like that, if, if the Indians are into that. But I do think they understand from last year, right? And even Mo, we've heard him talk about it in that great article that Katie Wu wrote for The Athletic. He understands that the, one of the issues they had in 2023 was depth. And they're trying to correct their depth. And it's going to be hard to trade pitching, uh, which hasn't really gotten any stronger. Even It's just gotten deeper. And it's still not quite deep enough 
to be a contributing or a, not a contributing, a uh, contending major league team. Um, I do think it'll be tough for them to move any arms without getting arms in return that are young and controllable. Sarah Ann freaking cards has the most beautiful head of hair I've ever seen. He's full of shit. That's what I thought. I, I was like, man, that's a beautiful head of hair. I don't get it. VHS says you mentioned something health wise with Tink earlier that he, my reclusive ass hadn't heard. What was he dealing with? So uh, early on, he had like a grip issue. I, I, I it was like a, a finger. It might've been a blister or a nail thing that wasn't healing. And he worked through a lot of starts because of that. And then he had like a little pectoral thing, which wasn't really a peck. It was something else, but it was related to the peck. And those are like the two things that worked against him. Little B-hole says, hot, bald, boy, winter. Now we're talking. Uh, Mike, oh, this stupid thing. Mike Loving Gus says, apparently there's a GI bug at the winter meetings. What would you ask Mo if you were vacating your colon in adjacent stalls? I would ask Mo, first off, you have to ask him what he ate. Like, hey, man, did you eat some of that shrimp buffet? And he'd say, you know, uh, I don't eat shrimp. It's too low class for me. And you'd say, hey, bro, is tilapia better? And he'd say, are you from St. Louis, you Hoosier? And I would say, yeah, baby doll, it's me, Kyle. You know me, you love me. And he would say, uh, you get one more question. My colon is clean. And I would say, do you love me? And he would flush his toilet and then probably not wash his hands to get out of the fucking restroom. Uh, Zachary Reynolds Broadcasting says, is Juan Yepes still alive and raking? Yes, Juan Yepes is playing tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, in, I believe, Lidom. I don't remember. Fuck. But Juan Yepes is playing tonight, and it's awesome. Yes, check out the uh, the Caribbean League stats. You'll find yourself some Juan Yepes. Number 5712 says, any prospects in the system you think aren't highly rated enough? Yeah, Ian Bedell right away is one that comes to my mind. Um, other than that, Juan Bencho, who's going to be a top probably five, six, seven prospect in the organization. He's probably up there. Again, I think teams are, I think people are still underrating both uh, Bernal and Crooks the second, um, while other guys are getting uh, getting high up. I think Andres Granillo is a major league prospect for real. Um, I love Max Raychek. I don't know where everybody's rating him. And other than that, I think everybody's probably pretty in pretty similar standing. You know, I the tough thing for me is that I don't really look at a lot of ratings. I, I do think people are overrating uh, Cesar Prieto. I don't think he's much. You know, um, Bryson Mounts has the potential to be a really interesting long-term bullpen piece. You know, I guess if you want to start talking about people, maybe Edwin Nunez, you know, I don't know what the Cardinals long-term plans. I don't know if he's going to start or if he's going to relieve, but if he ends up being a reliever, uh, then he could be a quick riser. And at that point, he's probably a top 10 prospect in the organization, maybe top 15 for sure. If he's a starter, he's probably a top 10 or top 15, but I just don't believe he's going to be a starter. I don't think he has the, uh, the, 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 uh, control stamina of it all so those are just a couple couple guys that come to my mind um uh you know maybe maybe quinn matthews you know maybe we see a little bit more quinn matthews and people fall in love with him but other than that those are just the guys that come off the top of my head um you know i think noah Menling, menlinger is a little underrated i love noah menlinger utility player that makes a ton of contact and it's the ball hard, you know, says nothing of Nick Dunn, who hopefully gets drafted by some other team in the rule five draft. Um, yeah, look, there's a couple guys, uh, a couple guys. Uh, let me, th let me think about it a little bit more and I'll get back to you. You know, um, the, the Cardinals have a weird cluster of catching prospects too. 
that probably deserve a little bit more attention, including Pedro Pais. Keith Speaks says, I love the shirtless look, but one, I feel one will be traded. Would you trade Edmund or Donnie? For- oh, Edmund, easy. I feel one is going to be traded. Baby doll. Yeah, so if I had to choose between Edmund and Donnie, I'd trade Edmund, even with the concerns that I have about center field and short uh, defense and center and short and depth and center and short. Yeah, I, I trade Edmund in a heartbeat. He's older. He's going to cost more money. And he's just not as good of a player or a hitter. And uh, yeah, it's not even close in my book. Number 5712 says, also, if we're talking about who to trade, I feel like the question this offseason would be whether to trade Mason Wynn or Tommy Edmond since they seem most similar to me. Again, like, it just depends on what you, first off, it just depends on what you get back. That's probably the most important thing. What do you get back in that trade? What team... What does the team that you're trading those players to value more? And uh, I think that plays into it more than anything for me. But Mason Wynn has more value almost certainly. And, uh, you know, I think I think we get lost that the best possible outcome, not the best, but a realistic but also optimistic outcome for Mason Wynn is for him to be as good as Tommy Edmond. It's just that he's younger and he can be way more than Tommy Edmond. Uh, so I, I personally, again, I would not trade any of the position players that aren't in the outfield. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think it's, I don't, again, I think if you have to trade one, it'd be Tommy Edmond. Matt Parker says, Zach Showalter is a baller. Still has a long way to go though. Yeah. Look, that arm angle's weird and his stuff is pretty good. Uh, and he, he was shut down cause his arm was, was sore. So here's to hoping that he's healthy and we can get a better feel for him. And he doesn't take the Alec Willis route. Uh, Brett Bertacci says, I say Cho rakes in Peoria next year. I am 100% with you. BHS says, has your opinion of Richie Palacios changed at all since we initially acquired him? No, not at all. Uh, perfect little fourth, fifth outfielder, I guess. He's whatever. Had a really great thing there. He was a spark plug. It was fun. Those things usually don't last long. Maybe he feels comfortable. Maybe it's a good thing. Nothing wrong with having that kind of depth. Uh, ideally, you wouldn't want him on a 26-man roster, but if he's the last guy on a 26-man roster, that's fine. BHS says, I love you, by the way. I love you. Look, we are an hour and 52 minutes into Prospects After Dark. I have still have booze, but I need to calm that shit down. What I'm going to do is I'm going to finish off my Kentucky. I'm going to raise it to the pad people. An hour and 50-minute return. A glorious hour and 50-minute return to Prospects After Dark. We raise our Kentucky and we polish this motherfucker off. Kentucky's delicious. You guys really need to get in Kentucky. Uh... I still have some of this peppermint thing, but it's good. I'm not going to drink it. There's like 10% alcohol. I'm already starting to feel drunk. What we have is the last of our old Forester. Uh, and to this, we're going to raise it, of course, to, to again, the Pad people. But it goes to the Hicks family, of course, the Yepes family, all of the families involved, all the players involved. We love them. Uh, <laughs> Adam Akbani says, at what point did the shirt come off? About 35 minutes ago, I was asked, and then I denied it, and then I was asked by mail, and I did it. So here we are. Uh, but to all the pad people, all the people that are or were or are or were at Birds on the Black, you know, of course, uh, Tara Wellman and Alex Crisofoli, who I both might not even be on this planet anymore. Uh, ben Cerruti, who writes articles in tweets instead of writing articles on the website. Um, uh, Stu Styles, who's really the only one worth his weight in gold other than Cardinals gifts, who is the absolute goddamn best. Um, and, uh, and who we love. Um, but, uh, yeah, all the birds on the black family, 
all of the pad people and we raised our glass. We had a really, really successful return to prospects after dark, which I'm hoping to do somewhat regularly. We'll figure it out. Kyleen says, cheers, Kyle. Great chat tonight to you. Good Schilt, Kyle. Have a great night to you. Little behold too. Cheers to everyone. Even the haters from grave of Einstein. Key speaks as uh real things. Jalen, uh, really fucking awesome name there. We raise our glass to all of the pad people. Uh, our, the end of our bourbon we raise to Jordan Hicks, to Jason Hicks, the godfather of prospects after dark, Jennifer Hicks. Uh, we raise our glass to all of the pad people. Ah, Key Speaks says, we have so many damn players, but few of them are like that guy, I feel, other than Walker. Even Newt scares me. You know, even Walker scares me. I raise my bush light, no hard liquor for me. I get it. I get it, Keith Speaks. Yeah, look, I think I think they have a lot of inconsistent pieces, right? But I think those inconsistent pieces are all pretty solid. You know, when Newt's healthy, he's pretty good. You know, he's he's pretty good. When Donovan's healthy, he's pretty good. When Edmund is good and utilized right, he's good. Walker's still a question mark for me, but he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. You know, and then Arnato minus that first half defense, which is fucking trash. He's Arnato. And then, of course, the power outage in the second, the last month of the year. He's good. Goldschmidt is Goldie. And then, you know, Gorman has a lot of questions, but Gorman's Gorman. I think they have a lot of guys who are good players. I think they have a lineup that even though they slump sometimes and can't carry their weight at times, is is a champion with right with the right pitching is championship caliber. It has that, especially if these guys can tweak and and, and adjust there. But I do think from a uh, like that guy standpoint, yeah, look, they don't make players with the potential of Jordan Walker with the athleticism and the size of Jordan Walker. Those guys, they're hard to find. So uh, I, I get what you're saying there. I just think that what the Cardinals have is a lot of really good players that are good enough as a whole to be more than just average. Uh, to, to be more as long as everybody stays healthy. Because when they're healthy and they're banging on all cylinders, that was like the one time last year that we thought, hey, the Cardinals are actually marching back. You know, they got close to 500. And then it all fell apart as people got hurt. Uh, specifically specifically Donovan and Newt Bar, who I view as the catalyst of the team, even when Gorman is hitting for a ton of power. You know? Um, uh, that's funny. St- I agree with you, Stu. Um yeah, so that's that's it. That's all I'm saying is uh, I think that the offense is fine. I don't want them to lose anybody. As Key Speaks also says, cheers. I think that would be tough for them to be to lose position players and still be competitive in 2024 without addition of other position players. So um, that's all. That's all I have. Uh, that's my last thought. Key Speaks is great. Uh, we're going to put this one up because it's the best, and I can't believe it, and it makes me happy. But, um, again, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, um, Again, I don't know what birds on the black is anymore. I feel sorry for Cardinals Gifts, who has to uh, like front for a website when none of us produce on it. Uh, uh, as he says, phenomenal pad down there. Uh, but what I know is that I love doing prospects after dark, and I love doing it with you, Gifts, and with the whole community. Uh, so for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, for the Reese family, for my brothers James, Scott, and Michael, uh, for James and Denise Reese, uh, for uh, Leo and Ashley Crow. For the whole pad, you know, Cardinals gifts, friggin' cards, uh, Stu Styles, I raise my glass. Uh, again, I don't even know what baseball is, Adam McBonnie says. For for the Viva Alberto family, too, who, we, again, we'll, we'll, we'll sign off with, with Adam McBonnie, Jason Hill, um, uh, 
uh, Blake Newberry, who's fucking awesome. Check him out. All of those guys. Uh, Cardinals off day talking, talking about birds, talking about birds. Uh, worst fans in baseball podcast for everybody. At birds on the black. Everybody at uh, 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 prospects after dark. If you watch this, you're a part of the resistance. As Eric uh, Eric Thomas said, we I'm going to take a little drink. We're going to polish this off. Not polish this off. I'm not drinking all this. Uh, and we're going to say good night. That's it, fam. I love you. We'll see you again soon. Uh, and as always, happy hunting. And thank God for Derek Gould and Katie Will.